0: dave didn't come through this week we're mentioning dave early in the episode this week in case he in case he tails off at the end Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Showcast. For this week's episode, I am your host, John, and with me as always is Chris. Hello, everyone. And Andrew. How's it going? It's going well. We have a very exciting episode for everyone. This... (laughs) Am I lagging? Yeah, I'm lagging. A little
1: bit. That's my, all right though. I think I'm lagging too. You're fine on mine. Oh, that's all right. Um,
0: I have another exciting episode for the listeners here. The teenagers from Dimension X make a return, so we're back. I was a big fan of this episode of Not Being. If I'm being honest, I think the last two were pretty shitty, so I apologize that Andrew and Chris both had to repeat those. But I think we're back for this episode. How did you guys feel about it?
1: I don't. I just don't like the neutrinos. It was an alright episode, I just don't... I don't know if it's the animation style. They just... When they come on the screen, I don't like it. So hopefully they don't come back.
2: (laughs) Well, that's unfortunate because they do come back. But, uh, yeah, overall, I think we're moving back in the right direction. Not my favorite episode, but a nice middle-of-the-road one. Um, And personally, way better, in my opinion, than how Season 2 started. Which was with the whole space alien guy when the eyes of aren't off yeah. crystals. So I'm fine. Uh I'm I'm fine with it. I
0: feel like we've come a long way since the uh those crystals. That feels like forever ago.
1: Yeah, I thought that was last season when you said it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess it was. I mean, we're episode eleven. It was almost uh what, three months ago? Back in like right after New Year. So anyways, so got a lot. Uh, In store for this episode, we'll have the episode recap. A lot of turtle tech, so I've done a good amount of prep work. I've learned more about technology than I think I ever have as an accountant, so that's fun. Um, We'll go through the turtleisms that I wrote down zero for, and then Vinland Power Rankings, and then we'll cover uh, pizza time, Twitter polls, and all that good stuff. But first, I think, actually we will talk about social media. So for anyone listening on this podcast or watching on YouTube, you obviously know where to go, but you can listen on all major podcast networks, Spotify, Apple, all the other ones. <laughs> you can also watch on YouTube, which I act—I was watching us on YouTube last week in prep for this episode. And it's great. The YouTube page is great. The video is great. I'm a big fan.
1: Yeah. YouTube. Is my, I listened to, I think we covered this last week, I listen to Spotify, and then I go back and watch the YouTube after I watch the episode of like the, this week's episode. I, YouTube's my favorite way to consume the podcast, which I guess doesn't necessarily make it a podcast, but the visuals are nice. The, the, the backgrounds, all the work that John and Andrew put into the visual is a nice touch. So if you haven't checked out the YouTube, check it out, subscribe, John. Last week, I believe you said you were going to subscribe because you hadn't. Did you do it?
0: I did. I'm pretty sure I did. But I've also updated. Uh, I added a couple new backgrounds for us. This one is a New York City hellscape kind of street something or other. I think it's from one of the video games, but I'm not sure. Probably could have done a little bit more research, but it's colorful. And it's great. Andrew's got his great background as always as well.
2: Yeah, I'm rocking. i um... I think this is uh, Turtles in Time, the arcade edition. Yeah, the graffiti behind favorite. me. So yeah, we're 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 doing everything we can to engage. I certainly noticed that we we got some more followers on Instagram. Um, looks like that the, the Twitter still continuing to crush it with uh, views on some of those the videos that John, uh, sorry, the TikTok that John put together, and then uh, Twitter. There's always some banter going on. Yeah. Back and forth. So, um, the Twitter definitely. exists. Yeah, it does.
1: We're getting more. We're getting interaction. Got tagged today. So, let's, listen, Ooh. Twitter. I don't want to harp on Elon Musk, but he's making it hard to grow a brand when you're not paying him for the check mark. So, we're doing yeah. what we can for free.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can follow along on all social media on TMNT Shellcast, which I'm surprised that existed for everything. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok.
1: There was Are a unique? moment where I almost oh, yeah. bungled it. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we got it sorted out and got the same handle for every account, which is nice.
0: Yeah. You never want to go multiple handles. No underscores. So we're just TMNT Shellcast. It's great. Anything else to add on the socials? The website is great. The turtle.com, you can always leave us a voicemail. We've got zero voicemails. Dave didn't come through this week. We're mentioning Dave early in the episode this week in case, he, in case he tails off at the end and maybe doesn't make it all the way through. But we're still looking for that first voicemail. I believe Chris promised that he would buy something for someone who left the first Turtle Com. So I that is still out there. Any movement on the stickers or merch?
1: <laughs> John is up. <laughs> everyone's asked about the stickers
0: uh anyway so yeah stickers merch are, are tbd they're on the way i can't wait i have some big plans for when we get the stickers i'm gonna stick them on things as one does and then i'm gonna take some photos maybe put it on the twitter or the instagram so yeah stickers are on the way merch is in copyright discussions but before we get into the episode, we are going to cover everyone's favorite segment. And by everyone, I mean R3. It is pizza time. pizza time. Chris had the displeasure of losing the last poll, so he will need to eat a pizza. And Chris, what did you roll on the So
1: pizza? you said displeasure. This week, to me, was a pleasure because I got in everything pizza or supreme pizza, which when I ordered pizza... I'd say there's a fifty percent chance this is what I usually get anyway. So we went a little bit thicker crust this week. You can see all the toppings: green pepper, what is that? some pepperoni. What is that? Does this look like cold pizza? Yes, it does because it is cold pizza. So, fun fact: we're recording late at night. I made this yesterday, and it has been in the fridge seasoning. So we're doing <laughs> cold.
2: Wh- wh- is that a frozen?
1: This was. I'll give you one guess. What kind? What does this look like? I don't know. Pizza. My
2: screen is frozen.
1: Yeah, it's it's a frozen. That really doesn't look appetizing. What is that white
2: camera. garbage on top? That's. cheese that rosemary?
1: Yeah, that's. I added some parmesan, some shredded parmesan. Because so is this
2: I, is this scratch made, or is this store bought, or is no, it?
1: This is a frozen pizza. It's a, this store, is a bought. store brand rising crust frozen yeah. pizza that I added Parmesan cheese and some red pepper flakes to yesterday. Chris, you
0: absolutely give Andrew shit for adding anything to the pizza. John, now this, you're adding red peppers and it's cheese. It's an
1: everything pizza. I can put whatever I want on it. Everything. Okay? <laughs> but you didn't <laughs> put didn't everything. Put you put
0: a it. very select few things on it.
1: Well, I don't have like pizza toppings just floating around. <laughs> so here we go. Cold everything pizza still as good as it was yesterday (laughs) but cold it's more like from temp it's been sitting here for a while I'm going to go this is going to be the highest score I've ever given a pizza I would pay $8 and 44 cents for that slice Wow! I honestly don't think it's going to get better than that for me on the pizza wheel I can't imagine there'll be toppings that are better than everything. So, in cool. your
0: highest, what, that doesn't make any sense. If it doesn't get any better, oh, that's on the wheel.
1: Well, it's not perfect. Okay,
0: Chris, you gave so it eight dollars
1: forty four cents is what I would pay for that pizza. Gladly.
0: Okay, that's a pretty good rating. I think that I don't know exactly where that falls, but that's pretty pretty towards I think the top.
1: behind your stupid cocoa puffs.
0: No, it's like third or fourth. I gave nine, Andrew gave a nine dollars. I gave a nine oh one on meatball last week.
1: That was a shit meatball pizza, we'll be honest.
2: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't great.
1: Uh,
2: I think that slots, it's third or fourth. Let me go yeah. to the Instagram. So, since we just spoke of social media, if you head over to the TMNT Shellcast Instagram, you can view the Vinny's Pizza Board. And that's something that we started doing, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe with one of Chris's episodes when he had all sauce. Um, but at the top, we've got meatball at nine dollars and one cent, pepperoni at nine dollars, cheese at eight fifty, and then Chris just put in supreme or deluxe, whatever you want to call it, combo at eight forty
1: nine. I think that's reasonable. We had just oh yeah, a
2: normal cheese,
1: Chris. That doesn't make any sense.
0: You said it doesn't get any better than everything, but you rated it lower than for me, John.
1: For me, I know. I don't think I don't think I'll spin the pizza wheel and get better option than everything pizza.
0: You already did. You got cheese.
1: That's not better than everything.
0: You rated it. You (laughs) scored it.
1: I didn't get cheese. I don't (laughs) think I got cheese. Did
0: I? Yeah, you got it. It was episode, I don't know, season two I got two, sauce five. and I
1: got cheese. I didn't get cheese. Yeah.
2: <laughs> You're done looking at it. Cheese well, and was extra it... crispy. Hard to... crispy. Who got extra crispy? I got extra I did. crispy. I... John did. All right. No, I got extra. Awesome.
1: Well, yeah. If I did get cheese, it's hard to just beat a plain slice of cheese. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, oh, my. Think, I don't think I had cheese. I don't.
0: You, you didn't. You had it right after Andrew's pepperoni. Unbelievable. And right before my
2: chocolate caramel and fudge. But Unbelievable. Chris is lying on air. To I don't think
1: I had cheese. I think John, this is like John slandering me in the Twitter poll this Andrew, week.
2: Andrew, this is what we're going to do. We're going to
0: insert the clip from the YouTube episode of Chris rating the cheese. <laughs> Chris rating yeah. the cheese.
1: Uh, last episode spun the wheel and got cheese pizza. So where would it after, be called?
2: After. But haters oh, are going to wow. say
1: this is burnt. I did this intentionally. I like a little charred pizza; it gives it a little texture, it gives it a little crunch. So, Chris, I'm, is, I'm...
2: is that true to the uh, the turtles' yes. toppings?
1: I did not put anything on this. I know Andrew, a little <laughs> controversially, has been putting Step. Parmesan cheese, red hot pepper flakes. I think I saw some pepper on the last pizza. So, this is just pure unadulterated carbon, carbon. pizza. No, this is this is how you want it. If this was hot, this would be a ten, but probably gonna have to ding it.
2: You only burnt one side of it too.
1: Yeah, well, how did you burn the top what do you run? Broil on the oven? Yeah, he the left it in
2: he left it in too long. <laughs>
1: I Honestly. didn't leave it in too long. I wanted to do this. Did you go right on the rack or do you go on a pan? Right on the rack. rack. Come on. I'm just I asked. mean, this is an eight and a half. This would have been a ten if it was warm.
0: Eight and a half out of ten, okay. So You're that's crunch. right above Extra Crispy Crust and right below Pepperoni in our
1: rankings here. I think that's a perfect that's a perfect window. And
2: then we're going to come back. Right, been early come back. On.
1: I've eaten so many pizzas, it's hard. So to
2: now that you know lunch. that you had cheese, what are you saying to yourself in the past? I'm saying
1: that was a fucking damn good slice of cheese Elio's <laughs> pizza, is what it must have been. This is the first io pizza I've had, so that might explain why I read it. Oh, it's also a day old and cold, so.
0: Wow. Imagine if it was fresh. If it had just risen. Imagine that. Okay. Okay, that was pizza time. Thanks, Chris, for your flip-flopping to a masterpiece that was still well done. Ages, but... And we're now going to get into a great episode. So this is Teenagers from Dimension X, like I had said. We open the episode to an old timey black and white movie where there is a Godzilla-like figure. A Godzilla-like figure is stomping through a city of ants of people eating. Um, Donnie later names the movie, it's the space turtle from Tokyo or eating Tokyo, I suppose. I tried um, to
1: cut you off. The and... space
2: turtle that ate Tokyo.
1: Ah. So, John, not to harp, but it's not a Godzilla knockoff, okay? There is a creature <laughs> from the 60s called Gamera that is a giant turtle. So, maybe do a little more research next time. <laughs> okay. obviously a Gamera knockoff, not a Godzilla knockoff.
0: What was? I mean, in the it's like it's Godzilla versus King Kong, is it not?
1: That was like the modern day. Hmm. Gamera was created after Godzilla, but roughly at the same time, nineteen sixty. I see.
0: Okay, well, so maybe that's what the reference is. I'm not quite sure. Uh, anyway, so they're watching the movie. We zoom out. We get Mikey, who's lamenting that they don't make love stories like they used to, and then Raph... Uh, gives him a little razz and basically says hey mikey tell us about that new, that romance that you had with that neutrino chick kala mikey plays it off like he really doesn't care too much about it but then he busts out a 8 by 11 portrait of kala that he just has laying around uh, and he looks at the picture and, and he misses her for sure
1: was it known that he had a crush on her from the first episode or did i miss that
2: I think, it, I think it was hinted at towards the end. Um, yeah. But here he's like fumbling over his words and then he's, we've got two back-to-back episodes where Shredder had a perfect like five by seven portrait of the turtles. And now Mikey's got a headshot of Kala yeah. just in, you know, in his back shell. So clearly He either wants to destroy her like Shredder does with the turtles or he's got a crush on her. It's a fact.
0: Yeah. Yeah, when would he have taken this photo? Wild. Wild. Or when would she have it done? We don't know. Maybe she's an aspiring actress that just has headshots. Nobody knows. Okay, so then we fade. picture fades to Kala and we get um, the... Dimension X, the neutrinos, are flying through, cruising through the battlefield. They spot the Technodrome that is just sitting in some wasteland. Um, They decide to fly and open, buzz the Technodrome, check out the cargo bay, so they fly into it. Kala then has a photo of Mikey that she pulls out as they sort of remember their friends, the Turtles, um, this one's not as big. I'd, I had a note. It's just a standard wallet size or a five by seven. So, where she would have gotten this goofy picture of Michelangelo, we also don't know. The uh, Chris, anything to say there?
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say another reason I hate the neutrinos from this little scene. They're riding three in the front seat when there's a giant back seat in their hover car. So they're all crammed in there for no reason one should be in the back so that they all have ample space
2: where they wearing seatbelts
1: no and tell. the two guys their names are too similar and i don't know which one is which still i watched the episode like four times and it just doesn't stick
2: yeah dask all right so we've got zach who's driving he's with the stinky's yellow he's got like the red or orange um brown hair and then dask has like the one that comes out like four feet in front of his face and he's in i think he's in the yellow jumpsuit um and and kala is the girl in green so they are very similar yeah so so dask has the purple hair that comes way out he's wearing a white or um a yellow jumpsuit with purple accents but their voices are very similar they've got the where is it like 1960s? Daddy O, and you know, we'll talk yeah. about it in turtleisms later, but it seems like the neutrinos are stuck in an era that precedes the turtles in the late 80s. Um, and then the Starmobile, I think they call it the Starmobile, but yeah, they're just cruising in that. Um, if you recall, they left one back on Earth, so I think that's why all three of them are in, in one. But your point is well taken, they could, uh, they could easily do two in the front, one in the back.
0: I forgot that they left. <laughs> I forgot that they left the car and earth. That's a good call that they only have one. Now that's pretty good. I wonder if they actually meant to do that. Nobody knows. Um, so the neutrinos pull into the cargo bay. They're, you know, sort of hovering around their trans dimensional or interdimensional transmission picks up on crane calling Shredder and they intercept this conversation. Crane tells Shredder that the Mento Neutralizer is ready and that he's going to open the portal in 60 seconds. But he needs, um, the Mento Neutralizer needs to operate on 10 trillion megahertz, which is also the frequency that the Neutrinos car runs on. And so there's this idea that they're going to be able to sort of intercept or neutralize this Mento
1: Neutralizer. That's just a shit ton of megahertz. I was trying to find something for reference that, like, to put it in perspective, I couldn't. I I was trying to Google too quick, and I just didn't come up with anything. I don't know if you guys looked at it.
2: No, I, w- I, I meant to, but I was also thrown off. Isn't there something above mega for a prefix? Giga, like giga maybe? 10 trillion megahertz is going to equal some amount of gigahertz or... Yeah, it's got to be giga, right?
0: Yeah, it must be. But we also, we're on the
2: Imperial system, so we measure it in horsepower. (laughs) Maybe that's why I'm confused. The the other thing, oh, Chris, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say for reference, uh, a radio, like the frequency that radio waves operate on is 88 to 108 megahertz. That's FM radio. So this is basically a trillion fold yeah i feel like this would just fry whoever is near it
2: yeah it's a ton of i think i guess yeah. energy what does what hertz measure
1: i don't know wavelength oscillation or, or something I, that's the hard part about googling it i was expecting like a radio puts off this megahertz, this many megahertz but oh you guys yeah. are the science guys
2: the the other thing that's a little confusing too is uh, th- they're tossing around interdimensional Transmission and trans dimensional hypersignal. Did you guys catch that at all?
1: Yeah. No, just, I'll be Yeah. Honest. Yeah.
2: Well, I was trying to make sense of the difference between inter dimensional and trans dimensional. Do you guys know the difference between inter and trans as prefix?
0: Well, inter. So if it was intra dimensional, that would be within the same dimension. Interdimensional
1: would be between dimensions.
2: Yeah. So, inter between and then Too trans.
1: Specific. Trans is out to any.
2: Yeah. Across or, or beyond transatlantic cable. Do you know Can what you that just saying
1: things with trans in them, John.
2: <laughs> Do you know what that is? Yeah. We all know what that is. Yeah. Marconi Beach. Spin facts, John.
1: Yeah. Suck on yeah. that, John.
2: Yeah, wow. Well, I will suck on that.
0: We just laid cables on the bottom of the ocean. That's how we communicate with
2: Europe.
1: That's how the internet works too, buddy. It just goes underwater.
2: Crazy. Yeah, would you call that an inter uh, intercontinental phone line or transcontinental phone line, John?
0: I would call that a yeah, uh, both synonymous. It's like biweekly. It could mean twice a week or every other week.
2: Think about that. Semi, semi-weekly semi means twice a week. Bi-weekly means every two weeks.
1: Could mean both. What does hemi-weekly mean?
2: It means you got a V8 Nothing. in there.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, the... Well, anyways, <clears throat> the mention of the Mentro Neutralizer is going to bring us to our first Turtle Tech of this episode. So... There's a lot of tech in this episode. And for that reason, I'm going to be keeping score for the two of you. So the Mento Neutralizer. Chris, what is the Mento Neutralizer per this episode? Oh, he took a bite. While
2: he's taking a bite, I'll fill in for him. (laughs) I'll tag team in. in. So far through this scene, I think all we know is it's going to impact... The brainwaves of who's ever placed in there. I don't think there's a whole lot of elaboration, but essentially, what Shredder wants to do is capture the turtles, put them into the Mento Neutralizer, and then do something to their brain. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I agree. Based on the name alone, just dumb them down to like a base base state.
0: Yeah, I had uh, I interpreted it as sort of memory erasing, erasing the memory, because I think what Crane says is. Once they have the turtles in the Mento Neutralizer, it's going to basically wipe their memory. They'll bring them back to Dimension X and put them on exhibit for the freaks that they are. Which is
1: a diabolical plan. He went from just wanting to get the turtles out of the picture to like mentally and physically humiliating them in front of everyone.
0: Yeah. Yes. So, memory erasure, or a tool that can erase your memory... Over, Chris, this is how we're going to play this game for this, um, for this episode. I'm going to give you the technology, and then one of you is going to pick a year that you think that it was created or closest to, and then the other person will guess over or under that
1: year. So if they think it's earlier or later than that year.
0: Does that make sense?
1: It does. Which one am I doing? Am I guessing the year or am I?
0: For the first one, you'll guess the year, and then you'll guess over or under. So, Chris... When do you think memory erasure was research tested or sort of hypothesized or theorized?
1: <laughs> what? Hypothesized? Buddy, this when could be pre-recorded history. No. Erasing, when means. did people think about getting rid of memories permanently?
0: When, when do researchers think that they were able to trace and destroy memories if they
1: were? Hmm. With a machine.
0: With science.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is like. A, right, yeah, I'm good just luck, Chris. Guess. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to guess.
2: I feel like you should Nine. give us, if if we're going to do the date, you should give us multiple choice or like a window to, to guessing. Because if Chris nah, is can, guessing out of the blue, I'm going to guess.
1: He could guess he, anything. I'm gonna guess 1903.
0: Uh, what?
1: <laughs> when did they think they would think we to could react. erase memories?
0: No, not think. Chris, forget that I said theorize. When do researchers think that they were able to trace and destroy
1: neurons? That, oh, I don't think. Not when they theorize. Neurons or memories, John? Memories.
2: Yeah. Read the question once more in its final answer so we yeah. understand what you're asking us. I didn't write down the question, so I'm just going to ad lib here. When (laughs) clearly
0: very clearly you didn't read the question. When do researchers believe that they were able to trace and destroy neurons involved in supporting specific types of memories that they were trying to erase?
1: 1981.
0: Andrew, was it before that date or after that date? (laughs) After. Andrew would be correct. After. As early as 2009, researchers believed that they were able to trace and destroy neurons that caused an er- the erasure of a target memory. So they believe that the basis of recent...
1: A target memory. That's... Okay. What do you mean a target memory? I mean, researchers were that's a very studying... key word to weave out the first time you say or, it.
2: They're just meaning like a specific memory that they're targeting to erase versus any memory in their yeah. mind if you're telling yeah, me like can anyone you blow could up just blast your brain. You
1: blow up this room in a building that's a very different answer but i wouldn't have gotten well, it right it anyway i never yeah, guess that wouldn't have mattered
0: yeah and i specifically excluded any um like the use of drugs or other items because yeah i mean you have too much to drink you can't remember what you do so yeah 2009 research believe, believe that they were able to do that so Although it's been going on for many years, um, it's pretty recent that we think we can target and destroy memories. Not through hypnosis. I know hypnosis, the movie, um, what's that Jordan Peele movie? Us? I think that's Us.
1: John's obsessed with the, those movies.
0: Anyways, it's good. Okay, Andrew, I'm keeping the score here. Andrew, one. Chris,
1: zero. Zero.
0: And that was the first turtle pick. So the neutrinos intercept the transmission. Krang opens the portal. Stone soldiers push through this giant Mento neutralizer so that they're able to, or Shredder's able to sort of get the turtles in <clears throat> and destroy them. Um, what else here? The teenagers in their infinite wisdom, their plan, because they realize that their car operates on the same wavelength as this Mento neutralizer, they're going to save the turtles somehow by matching the frequency to be able to neutralize the neutralizer.
2: Yeah, they're, they're doing the old uh, sine-cosine wave to cancel each other out. Ooh. But I did want to save the interdimensional transmission, which is what's in the neutrinos vehicle, which is what they think they can use to negate the Mento neutralizer frequency that must be how shredder was able to hack into all of the tv and cameras way back in episode one when he was like viewing donnie and like talking and seeing everything happening over the city i don't know if you guys remember that or not but that must be it because the the interdimensional transmission i mean that's how they hack into shredder and krang's uh conversation so
0: it is. Yeah. And that brings us, Andrew, a perfect segue to our next turtle tech, which is the, well, it's the trans dimensional hypersignal, which is this communication device more broadly put a car phone, Andrew, what year do you think the original car phone was used
2: in a car? So, actual like production to consumer or first time, even in concept car? Nope. In a
0: production car, yeah, where there are multiple. I mean, you got to be able to call somebody. So,
2: uh, 75, 1975, that's my guess. Chris, I'm going to go or after.
1: Earlier. I think probably like Rolls Royce or some luxury car had it before that.
0: The first car phone was used widespread on June 17th, 1946. Chris, you Whoa. win that round. Perhaps Which is a, lot a presidential earlier.
1: vehicle or Duesenberg. Actually, maybe? no.
0: So the original equipment weighed 80 pounds or 30 kilograms for all our metric system listeners. There were initially only three channels, um, but they were used broadly within the St. Louis, Missouri metropolitan area. The Bell System um, or Bell Systems was the first company to install them in cars. And then eventually so many people started to use them, they needed to increase the channels, et cetera, et cetera. But
2: 1946. Damn, that reminds me. I I looked up after last week's episode uh, with the backup cam in our um, Mount Rushmore. I looked up backup cams and when those were first introduced and like i think it might have been rolls royce but they they had like a 1960s concept car that had a backup cam built in but it wasn't produced until like i think the 80s or or something like that and then in 2018 is when the united states government made it mandatory for all new vehicles to have backup cameras was that what year was that 2018 wow damn so Mandatory. Wow. crazy to think, I'd love to know how this, um, what we're going to call the car phone or transdimensional hyper signal in that vehicle, how that actually worked without like cell phone towers. I don't know.
1: It seems like you just picked up on, it's like when you are on a walkie talkie and you're on somebody else's channel, you just pick yeah. all their shit up. That's basically what happened.
2: okay so it's a it's a that's
1: what i in my head how it worked
0: that makes sense yeah i think yeah i think when i was researching it chris that sounds right correct but 1946 car phones incredible uh okay so teenagers plan to cancel out the waves of this mento neutralizer um as they're discussing this we actually get a reappearance of the foot soldiers i don't know if you guys caught this but the shoot the Neutrinos car as they sort of find them in the Technodrome. And then Crane catches on and is a little bit unnerved that someone has so easily penetrated the Technodrome.
2: It's great to see the foot soldiers back. I mean, it was brief. We It was just a couple, like, laser shots, maybe, blasting out the Neutrinos, and then they're gone.
1: Yeah. But effective. I mean, a couple shots both hit their target, so...
0: Scared them away, right? Little, or, yeah, They're looking a little buff, too. They've been in the gym in Dimension X. Taking after those stone soldiers. <laughs> so the teenagers, because they're now getting shot at, they activate a hyper signal uh, that allows them to travel to Earth. Um, Which is interesting because the <laughs> it's like the way that they get into Earth is almost like a sliding, like an electric door. Like they push a button this door like grocery store door opens and they drive right through
2: so is, so is that what the transdimensional hypersignal is their like portal generator
0: um no i had the hypersignal as yeah it might be i don't know i had that as the car phone because that's what they intercepted the the call with the hypersignal
1: their portal was clearly different than whatever thing yeah. it's been using yeah, it's so a different something, tech. Something about how they do it is different.
2: It's definitely a different tech. And intriguing to Splint, uh, to Shredder,
0: right? Yes, very, very much. So Crane uh, calls Shredder, tells them that the teenagers have gone through, and um, Shredder realizes that the fact that they can open portals is very interesting and could be
1: very useful to him. So Did you guys intrigued. see how Shredder was holding the Crane communi- the communicator? No, backwards. I'm going to share real quick. This is a perk if you're watching on on the YouTube. He had it backwards in his in his hand,
0: in his right hand. I noticed.
1: Yeah, it was like his thumb. Look at his thumb right there. Whoa! Complete. He's holding it. <laughs> I don't even know how he's. I guess that's just his right hand.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: It just looks. It looked weird. When I saw it.
2: Wow. Yeah. It's made a, for lefties. That's why. Dave, bonus. Dave is a lefty, by the way. Wow. Yep. I think only like 17%
0: of people in the world are lefty.
1: Being a lefty is cool, but nothing is made for you.
0: There's scissors that are made for you for lefties.
1: Yeah, but yeah. there's never any available. There's Being like a lefty. Pair for a whole classroom.
2: Yeah. Being a lefty is the ultimate hipster move. Because you're born that way. You're, you're really doubling down. <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
0: So the teenagers fly into Earth. Um, and then we are in the next scene in New York City. And the teenagers, the neutrinos, they're flying around. They really want to find the turtles. Uh, and they decide that the best way to do that would be to get on the news right? What, who, what do people do in the late 1980s than watch cable news? So they start flying around the Channel 6 news station. Byrne wants everyone to get um, on the beat and cover the story of the year, including April, um, which just brought to mind, <clears throat> there's been a lot of stories this year in Manhattan. Is this really a flying car? Is this the story of the year?
2: I mean, aliens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember back if they did they report on them the first time they were in the in the original episode that they appeared in.
2: I don't know. I I remember the weather maker was like a big thing because that was destroying a lot of Manhattan. So that episode with um, General dragon Granitor, and then when Crane got super big and was just. Like jumping from underground oh, yeah. up, like that was also pretty early. through the ground. Um, I'm trying to remember what else, what, what other chaos, like when the buildings just were collapsing, like April's building, just the Mauser just ate the building and it just collapsed. Yeah. So, in recent memory, probably not the story of the year, but a flying car buzzing, as they would say, buzzing the Channel Six news news uh, building. Dramatic.
1: Also. Is it w- like, what the hell is Vern's job at the station? He does everything. He's like, I think, cause I think burn is this. the episode so yells at him. Like you too, Vern, like get out there and report it. And it's like, Vern's a producer one day. Then he's driving the van. Then he's the secondary reporter. Like he, what is he doing?
2: I mean, supposedly he's just a cameraman, but he's burns bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it, what it boils down to. I mean, he's got a rivalry with April which will continue to manifest. Um, but he's just kind of, they typecast him as, you know, a loser more or less. Yeah.
1: April's doing well, by the way, her desk and office is huge. I know. Very For, good. Window, I guess she's the star reporter. Desk. I think, I don't know.
0: Yeah, she must be. Um, So April, she sort of gets off, says she needs to fix her makeup. She gives the turtles a call. Um, and we get a scene of the turtles. They're all brandishing polishing their weapons ready for a fight. Um, But April tells them that the teenagers are back. And then Mikey being a little braggadocious says, you know, maybe Kawa just couldn't stay away from me. Maybe she's back just because of me. So turtles, uh, they hop in the turtle blimp, go to the news station. I think this is a new, new color for the turtle blimp, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like the actual blimp part got a little, Facelift or makeover, um, but anyways. So turtles take the turtle blimp to the news station, uh, and then we go to Shredder, who is saying, "Hey, if the turtles are here, or if the neutrinos are here, it's going to be on the news." So he's just flicking through news stations on his mega TV board, um, and he's assured that that's the way that they're going to find them. So turtles find the neutrinos in their blimp. <clears throat> the they get neutrinos get shot out of the air. Um, I think by Bebop and Rocksteady
2: shoot him yeah. out of the air.
1: Yeah, Another deadly shot by the duo. Just a couple blaster rifles reach to the belly of the car as it's spiraling.
2: Yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady definitely continue their a- accurate shooting streak. And I know it's a little early in the recap, but we may have to consider moving them up in the villain power ranking. Yeah. Shredder must performance. Have,
1: between them, I guess the foot soldiers were in Dimension X, but the shooting on the villain side has exponentially improved since season one so somebody's doing something right
2: yeah i think i think the other thing too that happens right before shredder is it's either right before right after he's looking for the news coverage of the neutrinos but he puts together his classic scheme to go behind krang's back to open his own portal i don't know if that's upcoming john or if that um If that's something you skipped over, but this is classic Shredder trying to screw over Krang (laughs) by opening his own portal to get his foot soldiers back so he can overtake Earth. It's like, how many times are we going to have the same plot just with different, like the same foundation of a story just with different characters mixed in? It's unbelievable. I, yeah, I don't think, and I'm just going to throw this out there.
0: You know, you might call me Captain Obvious. I don't think if Shredder got his foot soldiers, he'd be any more effective than he is right now.
1: I think he Loss. needs Baxter, to be honest. You're, Since Baxter, Baxter left, it's been a steep decline on Team Shredder. He's just like, he's like adrift without a real fucking plan.
2: He's just going back to the well. He's like lost. You know, he, he doesn't know, at least Baxter had, you know, he was inventing new stuff or he like had his own angle. Shredder, it's the same two things. Can I open a portal and get more reinforcements? um or what was the other one from i mean that's really been it for shredder i guess <laughs> oh um, yeah it's make, how many more can mutants can i open yeah, yeah and how many more mutants can i make to fight the turtles
1: yeah let me just put them in the clone machine whatever good idea i have i'll just yeah. clone and then hope that the number the volume the pure volume of what i have will overwhelm the turtles
2: yeah he's going qual- quantity over quality and that's that's shredder's flaw yeah that that's his vital flaw It's a
0: fact. So Bebop and Mark City shoot down the Starmobile. Donnie is following closely that they've detached from the blimp at this point. They're just in the glider, but there are too many thermal updrafts. So he is not able to control. He crashes into a fruit stand, which is just classic, right? How many fruit stands in New York City? Um, And then Mikey, as you know, they're sort of crashed, they have this fruit all over them. Mikey says that fruit wouldn't make a bad pizza sauce. And there we have our first pizza. I feel like in a while, but fruit fruit pizza
2: or fruit sauce.
1: Yeah, did you guys catch what fruit? I feel bad for whoever has to eat this. It I was, saw
2: watermelon. I don't outside of that there was some orange and red stuff, so I don't I don't really know.
1: Yeah, watermelon was there, oranges were there. We had tomato, pineapple, and honeydew melon. So, good luck to whoever gets that one.
0: I mean, tomato is fine. Pineapple is fine. Honeydew would suck.
1: Yeah, but orange watermelon, honeydew, that's like pure water. You're just topping onto a pizza. Yeah.
0: It's true. But this will bring us to a third turtle tech. Which is maybe not so turtle techy, but the smoothie I had here for some crushed fruit. Chris, what... Year? Do you think that smoothies first became popularized in the United
1: States? So, first off, I'd like to say I'm getting railroaded by what I have versus Andrew in the car phone. A smoothie, like, well, let me think this out. <laughs> yeah, so think this through. Talk us through the thought process. I, so, my first thought is ice had to be readily, somewhat readily available. So that brings us into like the 1920s and 30s at least. Fruit. Like when did uh, we start getting That goes back
2: fruit? to biblical times, Chris. Back to <laughs> yeah, the uh, like, Garden of Eden.
1: <laughs> we didn't have bananas just floating around until probably after World War II.
2: The Cavendish? So I'm going
1: to say, wait, is this when they first became like right away available? Is that what you said?
0: Yeah. I. What I'll say is the concept. When did the concept of the smoothie first appear?
2: Um, you got to factor in the invention of the blender too, Chris. I feel like that's pretty yeah, vital for smoothie.
1: Like, I'm the big hang-up is with this. This feels like a post World War II like luxury item, <laughs> but maybe like the the Roaring Twenties. But I don't know if they had blenders. I'm gonna say, damn, I'm gonna say 1940.
0: Andrew, was it before or after? I'm going to say after. It was before. So the concept of the smoothie first appeared around the 1930s when health food stores on the West Coast began adapting Brazilian recipes and selling pureed fruit drinks. Recipes for a banana smoothie and pineapple smoothie first appeared during the 1940s Warring Blender cookbooks. But 1930s is when they started to make their appearance in the U.S. So, so Chris, I was
1: fucking right there. It's pretty impressive yeah. what I just did.
0: Yeah. yeah. When was World War II? 1940s. Oh, 40, oh yeah,
1: 1940s so. it ended, I, I think it, think it ended in, in 44.
0: This is like, a, hey, we're just about to go into
2: the Great Depression. Let's drink some period fruit. Yeah. See, I thought based on Chris's um, rationale, I thought this was post-World War II for sure. Hmm. Um, I never would have
1: thought we had pineapples readily available. Although, I guess those came from Hawaii. Where do we get pineapples from? Probably Hawaii, right? Well, whatever. I wouldn't have guessed that a pineapple <laughs> was just floating around California in the right after the fucking Dust Bowl happened.
3: Yeah.
0: You'd be shocked. So the turtles crashed into the pizza, or sorry, the fruit stand. Uh, we then go, the turtles are back in the sewer. Mikey is very stressed that Cal has been kidnapped. So stressed, in fact, that he begins to meditate. Um, Donnie rolls in on a motorized skaterboard that allows them to zip through the sewers quicker. And because it was so low-tech and easy to make, he calls it the cheapskate. Along with the cheapskate, he also has created uh, an extra-dimensional tracker that's able to track the auras of the teenagers so that they can find them pretty quickly.
2: I personally think the cheapskate is one of Donnie's best inventions so far.
1: I was going to say it's definitely the coolest thing that he's invented, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Which brings us to the fourth Turtle Tech. Turtle <laughs> Tech. Andrew, skateboarding. When was skateboarding as it exists today originated?
2: Well, I'm thinking sometime in the 60s, personally. Because I know the big wave, like the counterculture, snowboarding, skateboarding thing, I think was in the either late 70s or early 80s. I'm going to go 63,
1: 1963. Damn. This is like right, that's right where I was thinking. Because I'm pretty sure the first skateboard is still alive. He had like, he like converted, like what's it? Longboarding preceded skateboarding. Because he took like a surfboard and put wheels on it. Yeah. You said 63?
2: 63.
1: I'm going to say later, but I think it's right around there.
0: Chris says later, and he would be wrong. Andrew, circle gets the square. Andrew gets the point. Skateboarding as as it exists today was most likely born sometime in the late 1940s or early 1950s when surfers in California wanted something to do when the waves were flat. This was called sidewalk surfing, a new wave of surfing on the sidewalk as the sport of surfing became highly popular.
1: So you're on the right path. Oh, I will say, John's as it exists today. You know, it's very different today from that. But,
0: well, Chris, I mean, you could probably theorize a concept of wheels on a board riding around in like the seventeen hundreds.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, it's listen. I'm just (laughs) which I said the words. I'm just repeating them back to you. (laughs) I
2: did say the words. All right. It's two to two. Pretty good here. Bef- before um, you before you move forward though, one thing I do want to say: Can Leo be any more dramatic?
0: The answer is no.
2: I mean, he's very dramatic in that scene right before the the cheapskate's roll out like with I think it was with because um, Mikey even says, "Is it the scene where Mikey says like I love it when he talks like that or something?" Or is that that's uh, coming, that's, yeah, that's that's today, coming up next? Coming up, yeah. Okay, so I'll save. Leo's not dramatic yet, but he will be.
1: First of all, if we're going to talk dramatic, Mikey is like, Mikey was checking himself out in Leo's sword earlier in the episode. And then he's pacing back. He's met this neutrino girl for like 30 seconds. Have you ever been
2: love drunk? Love drunk.
1: Infatuated? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I have, Andrew.
2: Well, (laughs) then you know how Mikey's, he can't even, he he doesn't (laughs) even know what world he's on right now because Kala is back.
1: Yeah. Which she conveniently has not been mentioned until the beginning of this episode.
2: Yeah. The other thing that was interesting, too, there, there was a long stretch without the turtles in a scene. Like when yeah. when all that neutrino stuff was going on and then the warehouse scene with Shredder just before this one, I think it was close to like five minutes without the turtles, which is very unusual for this cartoon because it's always cut scenes back and forth. So you typically get the turtles like within every minute. This one I feel like was close to five minutes without any... any turtle scene so yeah maybe we're evolving here too i don't know but um yeah little little things like that you know that's what we do on tmnt shellcast you could go anywhere any anywhere else and listen to tmnt podcast you're not going to get that insight you're not going to get the the deep the deep (laughs) uh, fucking analysis yeah the deep cuts baby and just
1: clocking the turtles like they're running a 40s just stop watching (laughs) Pop up, up on the screen.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I thought I was watching the Neutrinos TV <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, probably why <laughs> I didn't like this
1: episode. They're just on the screen too much.
2: <laughs> Fact. Um,
0: but I did mention the extra-dimensional tracking device, which brings us to our fifth Turtle Tech of this episode, the tracking device. And I made this more... Um. Obviously, we we can't track people's auras, at least not you know.
1: I'm about to get screwed again.
0: Crystals and things, <laughs> Chris. GPS, GPS tracking devices.
1: Oh, GPS.
0: Yeah. When um, commercially available. Here? Um. I no, should. If, when if you're first no, invented that commercial. was U.S. government. Yeah. When yeah. did Military the uses. When did the first When did the here, I'll say this. When did block i gps which was a satellite created by rockwell international when did they launch their first satellite that instituted and created gps tracking
1: who is the company
0: rockwell international
1: so is this non-military is that can i not get that what is this a military use or commercial use first
0: gps satellite no um. Th- yeah, I guess. Uh, so, in my research, these satellites were primarily used for military purposes, but had okay. limited scope.
1: So, satellites. We know we're we're post 1950s because of the moon race. Spudnik. It, well, I'm going to say
2: 1970.
1: On the dot. I'm, I'm going to say. I'm
2: going to say before. I think that's too late.
0: Uh, Andrew, you would be wrong. Chris square gets the circle 1978. So GPS fleet vehicles began in 1978 when the experimental block. I GPS satellite was launched into space. It was a trial run of sorts for widespread GPS technology and was successful by 85, 10 more satellites were launched. And then in January 17th, 1994, 24 more were launched from the U S air force. Uh, launched into space that completed the GPS network. So
1: 1978. Nailed it. Chris. <clears throat> I have a friend whose dad worked on the GPS in the military. So a little bit of an inside
2: edge. It seems like way later to me. If we've got blenders, smoothies, uh what's some of the other stuff that was like in the, oh, skateboarding. Like, I mean, Versus I guess Tracking
1: somebody from space.
2: <laughs> I mean, but when do we put people on the moon, Chris? 63, 68. Something so like we can that. transport a human to another, essentially another planet, but we can't just bounce stuff off of metal floating around the earth.
1: I mean, is that oh. how satellites work? I don't, not really sure how GPS now, is functioning. I
2: mean, I think if I had to guess how a GPS works is there's the GPS must know a fixed location and then it gets a signal and that deviation from that fixed location is how it finds it.
0: So, this is, I'm going to get a little bit
2: over my skis here.
0: And I was getting roasted from my explanation of quantum computing. I think the way that GPS tracking works, yeah, Andrew, you're right. There's, it's like your, well, anyways, a phone nowadays, it pings a couple satellites. And based on the timing of when those pings come in, it can locate you on the Earth.
1: Triangulates you. So that makes sense. But, Andrew, when you're going to space, that's one ship shooting back to a fixed location on Earth. With probably a massive, like if they were shooting back to NASA, they probably had massive radio towers and stuff.
2: Yeah, but I mean, we also, I mean, the first satellite <clears throat> went out before the first spaceship carrying a, a a person. So I just feel like that would have progressed faster. I guess I, I just didn't realize in the history of mankind that we um, we we did GPS after landing on the moon.
1: Yeah, listen. Sometimes yeah. you got to do the hard questions first.
2: Yeah, it yeah. Work like, work backwards. Sometimes you just want to find the answer and then figure out how to ask the question. The fact
0: that we could just launch people from Earth and hit the Moon, I mean, that's crazy, isn't Yeah, they
1: said like the with the computing power of like a graphing calculator or whatever.
0: Yeah i I read that the um the bricks for like a charger for like an iPad or iPhone have more power capabilities than the computers that send people to the moon. So
1: probably you can never do that today. Just launch people into space and not even know if they're going to die or not. Nobody would ever do that.
2: True. Good thing we got those quantum computers on the, uh, on the horizon <laughs> though, John, it is true. Just imagine a trillion fold to, Mar- to Mars. We go to Mars
0: we go. Um, Which actually reminds me of a great question. Not the question I'm going to ask people for the Twitter poll. But I'll save for another day. Old teaser there. So we in the business call a teaser. So Donnie creates the cheapskate. He allows the turtles to sort of zip through the sewers. We get a scene where rafts in the back Donnie or uh, Michael splashes through a puddle basically blast Raph in the face with some sewer goo. Um, Raph's not that happy about it. The teenagers we find... Chris, do you care to tell the class what you're laughing at?
1: (laughs) You said blast him in the face with sewer goo.
0: (laughs) Is that not accurate?
1: (laughs) No, it's accurate. It's just taken out of context. It's funny. (laughs)
0: OK, well,
3: oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Chris Sorry, taking himself off the show. Yeah, <laughs> he just
0: can't be seen. Um, so we then realize that the teenagers, uh, they've been kidnapped by Bebop and Rock City. They're lying face down on a mattress just in the middle of of a carnival field, <laughs> like absolute psychos that be-
2: Bebop and Rock City are. Yeah, like like drug addicts or something. Just yeah. number one, this mattress thing—I couldn't stop thinking about for the rest of the <laughs> episode. Because, in what world? Okay, if you're bebop and rock study and you just capture the neutrinos, and you knock them out uh, unconscious, whatever—you're not putting them on mattresses on the ground to have like a nice little snooze. You're just throwing them <laughs> on the on the ground, and then if you're the neutrinos and like. Somehow you are knocked out after you're laying on the mattress. Why would you lay on a mattress in the middle of a carnival, like an abandoned daytime carnival? I don't know. Just I why know. are they
1: in? Why are they at a carnival? Like that part never got explained either. I don't know. They're using all abandoned warehouses every episode, and now they're just face down in the middle of a carnival with Peabody and Rocksteady staring at them until they wake up.
0: Yeah, it's wild. Very it, yeah, the mattress thing is crazy. It's like they have a little bit of kindness in their heart, but not enough.
2: Unless they were just full yeah. of bed bugs and they really just want to get like, you know, what what is it? War by attrition? What's that saying? Like yeah. death by a death thousand cups. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Three pea stained twin size bed mattresses just hanging out.
0: Yeah. Um so Bebop and Rock said the teenagers wake up. Bebop and Rocksteady have guns pointed out at them, and they're basically just like, wait until Shredder gets here. And then Shredder just strolls out of a carnival ride, basically says, I am here, you cretins, um, and is ready to interrogate the neutrinos. And he asks them where their Starmobile is, because he really wants that trans-dimensional hyper um, And then Bebop and Rocksteady admit that the car was towed Uh, And they left it. They just took the teenagers
1: um, and they don't have the car. Which seems to me like a plot hole because Shredder's whole plan all along was to get the car. Why not tell Bebop and Rocksteady that when they're going after the Neutrinos, that like, hey, I don't really care about them. I just want the car. But what are you going to do?
2: Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Honestly. But classic, Bebop and Rock City, fuck up. Yeah. Or, and
1: also, I'm beginning to love the Shredder, like, recurring. People think he's not in the room, and then he announces yeah. himself. He did the same thing in the library last episode. Yeah. So that's just my favorite. It's like he intentionally baits people into doing it just so he can... Yeah, just
2: because he wants the big dick, like, comment. You know what I mean? I yeah. think... Um, of all time, though, I think Baxter saw has the best one when he jumped into the house. Who is the guy that was driving the car for Channel 6 News? for a little bit. Like Mortimer. Melvin. Mortimer. No, no but that was, no, a no, a was a cat. Mortimer was a cat. Um, whatever it was, but when he was in in the room and he was trying to get the turn something into gold and Baxter just hops in through the window and I forget what the line is, I'll cut that in too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like, you're so. an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's cuz you're an idiot, but that's probably the yeah. best waiting for uh entrance line of all time. Yeah. Not bad by sure though. I
1: agree.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, Shredder pops out, wants the car. The turtles then come skating out of the sewer on the cheapskates. Um, and Leo basically says, Shredder, surrender or face the consequences of your actions. And this is where Mikey says, Don't you just love when he says things like that? Um, and then we
2: get a little fight scene here, which I liked. With some with some fight scene music.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is where I was watching the episode and I'm like, damn, we're back. The shitty episodes are out of here. I was all win on this episode. Maybe it's because I was hosting it, but I was ready for this. I'm like, yes, this is, here we go. Um, get a little fight scene. Bebop and Rock City in there. You know, perfect aim. Basically fire a couple zaps at the turtles who then hide behind, um, you know, some things. Trash cans and, and such and other things. Um as they're shooting at the turtles, the neutrinos bust out a weapon to try to help, and they send a you know electric signal to a power box that operates the roller coaster at this abandoned park, which then turns it on. Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady, who are all standing directly on the track, then get uh, <laughs> they then get basically bell rolled by the roller coaster. They fall into the seats. Um. And then Mikey... Oh, yeah. They fall into the seats and sort of get whisked away on this roller coaster.
1: Which is just a classic you're in an amusement park. You're going to lose a fight move to just get bundled into a roller coaster and then go zipping off by yourself. Yeah. That's probably why they made it. They probably thought of that idea and then just designed the scene around it now that I think about it.
2: Yeah, 1,000%. That was what the writer or the artist had in mind. Like, oh, let's... Have the villains get whisked away by a roller coaster cart? And now let's build a scene back from that, including mattresses. <laughs> yeah, mattresses. there's just
1: like a list of ideas they have, and they just throw a dart at it each week, and then design the whole scene around it.
0: Yeah. So this, uh, with the introduction of this electric zapper, is going to take us to our sixth turtle tech for this episode. <laughs> So Andrew, I believe it is your turn to guess the year. When was the, so obviously we don't have, you know, a gun that's as futuristic as the neutrinos, but what we do have on earth is the taser or the stun gun, which also is an electrical zapper. So Andrew, when was the stun The the, the taser, when was the taser
2: uh, developed? invented tasers the handheld that you have to physically touch them stun gun is what, what shoots with like the the string attached to it right um, or am I, mixing those
0: up now that the taser in this instance would also be it would shoot basically two nodes at somebody okay like, you know
1: I think technically you're right Andrew but for Jones. But Yeah, the taser was like like
0: it just has the arc between the two things yeah no
2: this one actually shoots it the, the, sh- the gun electrocutor basically is what we're talking that's about. right yeah yeah, yeah oh man um all right we know it was after electricity was invented so we can safely <laughs> say it's after the 1800s or whenever that was um well electricity is theoretically yeah, just I was existing i don't think
1: it, it was yeah. invented oh yeah harnessed yeah, harnessed, least, yeah.
2: So. produced by mankind um When was like all when was uh when was like the Rodney King stuff in the 80s? Yeah, all that civil unrest and um the
1: Rodney King riots I think was in the nineties.
2: Was it the early nineties? I'm I'm just trying to think of um I know I know I feel like it's gotta be after the sixties. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna go back to like I'm gonna say 75. Because I don't know, but I feel like it's somewhere in that like 60s, 70s, 80s window. I just don't know if it's on the front end or the middle or the back end.
1: Would you say 75? 75. It's got to be before that.
2: Because I feel like it wasn't used in the civil rights movement. There wasn't a whole lot of that. I mean, it was more like fire hydrants being opened and sprayed on people, which is terrible. But I don't remember any like tasers back then. And I think that was in the 50s and 60s, right? So that's why I said on seventy five.
1: Yeah, but it was probably it was like military or like it was probably adapted for police use. So I would say before seventy five. If that, yeah, I'm saying before.
0: So I'm a little torn here because Andrew basically fucking nailed it. <laughs> so the taser was invented by Jack Cover who was a NASA researcher. He began developing it in 1969. By 1974, he had completed the device, which he named after his childhood hero, Thomas Swift. So TASER is an acronym for Thomas A. Swift's Electric Rifle. And you said 74? No, hold on. Yeah, he completed it by 74. But the TASER public defender product used gunpowder as a propellant which led the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms to class, classify it as a firearm in 1976. It was adapted by uh, Nova Technologies in 1983, blah, blah, blah.
1: So Andrew said like
2: 1975.
1: Listen, <laughs> I don't want to be technical. Andrew got about as close as you can get, but still got it wrong.
2: I mean, I thought we said stun gun. Shooting of the electric taser.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he completed it in 1974, but then it was classified as a
2: firearm in 76. What is it
1: classified as now? Not a firearm.
2: Uh, I don't know what well, it is now. now. Yeah, I think they they adjusted it. I mean, I'll take the point. I I feel like I need <laughs> to it. call That's this it. a draw. I feel like it's a draw.
1: A draw. But... He was off by a year.
2: Okay, I'm gonna give. I mean, this if we don't to...
1: have rules, we have nothing.
2: I mean, I thought I was not doing the taser, but the stun gun.
1: You're wrong, Which is different? You, no, no.
2: would you have said 1974? <laughs> I would have said 1974 if it was teaser <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: what you did was very impressive. It was just wrong. John's setting us up. It's like an unwinnable. What do you mean? This is a setup.
0: I mean, what, there's what? What do you yeah. mean a setup? It's if you get it. If you say, well, "No, it's not." It's a, the fairest way I can do it.
1: Yeah, it's true. At least, Andrew, at least you're getting concrete things to guess. I'm getting ideas.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, that goes to Chris. It did say 74. I'll give it to Chris. In the event so of a Chris tie, I'll let. Four that
1: can two. be the tiebreaker. Andrew can win.
0: It's 4-2. But hold on, you say. What was that? Oh, Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady got trampled by a roller coaster. Which brings us oh, to our God, seventh God. turtle tech of the episode. Chris, when was the roller coaster
1: invented? Jesus Christ. This has to be eighteen hundreds. Um what, what are we talking? Just like a thing on a track? Like what's a roller coaster? A for a ride for pleasure on a track. <laughs> <laughs> like what is? I need some sort of definition.
0: Yeah, I. I mean, it could be. Yeah. Whatever. Fine. When did
1: amusement parks start? Probably. I don't think the it late, necessarily has to be on a track, but. Yeah. The late eight, 19th century. I'm gonna say, ooh, the fucking world's fairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking Chicago for some reason which I think was 1898. I'm going to go 18... Ooh, what was Eiffel doing in friend? 1884.
2: I'm going to go after. I think it's after 1884. Andrew would be incorrect in this case. Chris um, takes boy
0: commanding three-point lead. So, roller coasters are believed to have originated from the so-called Russian mountains, which were specifically constructed hills of ice located in the area that is now St. Petersburg, Russia. Built in the 17th century, the slides were built to a height of 21 and 24 meters, 70 to 80 feet, and had a 50-degree drop. 50 degrees!
1: Holy shit!
0: (laughs) (laughs) They were reinforced by written supports. Later in 1784, Catherine the Great is said to have constructed a sledding hill in the gardens of her palace in St. Petersburg. The first modern roller coaster opened in Paris in 1817, featured wheels securely locked into the
2: track guardrails.
0: All right, so either
1: way, I'm right. Because that first one was kind of, yeah. Yeah.
2: It's hard to know if we're doing modern or like the first ever. It's hard (laughs) to know what, I mean, either way, I was wrong. But the questions could be a little bit more
1: uh, clear, more clarity.
0: Clear. I'm trying to provide clarity here.
1: I think we were thinking the same thing, Andrew. Like, my answer was for a wheels on a track. Like, I wasn't yeah. thinking fucking ice hills.
0: But, well, those not I mean, the ice hills had tracks.
1: Well, whatever. I wasn't thinking Russian sledding. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, like if you had said when you... it was
1: sledding invented, that would have made more sense. Or like Bob sledding.
0: Chris, sledding was like,
1: who God knows. Yeah, all right, John. Now, trying to uh, when do we think about erasing thoughts? Probably In 2009. You, uh, Neanderthals <laughs> were walking around.
0: 2009. <laughs> um, Okay, so we're back to the episode now. Just to, well, I guess Turtle Tech. Chris has a five-two lead, so not Andrew. There's
1: a commanding three, lead, some would say. If, if four, I get the next one right, I win.
0: There's five left, so Chris, you're wrong. You said five, there were ten. There are twelve total.
1: All right, wow. well, you lied about how many there were <laughs> at the beginning of the episode.
0: <clears throat> I said there were 12. There are 12.
2: So I'm still alive. Go back. And you're you still alive. Chris, Chris's wheelhouse is history, just so everybody knows. If Chris wasn't a management engineer, he would be a ninth grade history teacher like Mr. Pratt. And Shout out Mr.
1: Pratt. He's actually a principal now, so take that back.
2: Wow. Very principal good. Principal Pratt. Okay. Congratulations. Um, however... I'm still in it. So let's keep it rolling. There
0: also, 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 there may be a 13th bonus question that I forgot about. So, Andrew, you're not dead yet. The turtles then roll up to the teenagers on the cheapskates, and Mikey tells Kala to hop aboard in a very promiscuous manner, which he then, you know, immediately takes back and is basically like, oh, I mean, You guys, everyone, hop aboard. And then they ride off into the sewer.
1: Was she on his cheapskate? I didn't even think to look. She was. Mm -hmm. Good for him.
0: She was. And then this part made me laugh. Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady then finished the roller coaster ride, sitting straight up, strapped very safely into the roller coaster, which means I guess they must have enjoyed the ride. (laughs) <laughs> because they were enough to just basically, it comes to a stop, they open up and they get out, um, which I just thought was funny. And then, uh, you know, they're back in the sewer. Donnie then recalibrates the tracking module to pick up the Starmobile's emissions. So even in Dimension X, we still have emissions from vehicles, which seems ridiculous.
1: They are very environmentally conscious, as the last episode taught us.
0: Yes,
2: this is true. Uh, we then, so, so for me, ahead, after the scene ended, I didn't remember what was going on because it was just a collection of randomness that seemingly has happened so far in this episode. But just to set the listener straight, so now both the turtles and neutrinos who are together are trying to get the Starmobile and separately, oops, separately, Shredder, Bebop and Rocksteady who are at the amusement park are also trying to get to the Starmobile, which they know has now been impounded at one of probably the hundreds of New York City um, impound lots. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I would say.
0: All right. Yeah. So Donnie knows where it is because he has the tracker. Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady know because they're geniuses, apparently. So the three goons roll up in a van. Um, They pull right over a sewer grate. Which the turtles and neutrinos then pop out of, and as soon as they pop out, the van is gone. So we got a little continuity over there. But they start running toward the Starmobile, to which Shredder just basically
1: yells at Bebop and Rocksteady. He's
0: basically like, "No, like, how can this be? Go after them!"
1: Yeah, the Shredder basically they just lost a foot race. That was the funniest thing to me. Like. The turtles and neutrinos pop up and it's just a flat out foot race to this car. There's no like fight. There's, they just <laughs> each hop out and run as fast as they can to it.
2: I I do have a real life story to share about that same exact experience, Chris. So once I was with a group of people in, I think I was in Sun Valley, Idaho, before I lived here for, for a work conference and it was late at night and the bartender challenged our, our group <laughs> to a race.
1: <laughs> Which you can't, you can't turn down being challenged to a race. Yeah. Well, Even I think actually, think you're gonna
2: win. I think how it started, let me rewind for a sec. I think how it started was we were running up a big tab and one of my coworkers suggested we'll race you for the check and whoever wins doesn't have to pay. So, so at bartender, you select somebody from your crew and we'll select somebody from ours for a head-to-head heat for the bill. Wow. So that's what happened as a youngest at the time and still being in shape. I was asked to compete for our team, which I did in my dress attire from work. And what I will say, and the reason this story even came up in the first place is because when you lose a foot race, it's so demoralizing that nothing else goes through your mind except get me the fuck (laughs) out of here and i in fact lost that foot race i didn't even finish it i got off i got off we got off the blocks the makeshift blocks and like within five strides i could tell this guy like does this on a regular basis (laughs) he he swindles people out of money left and right and he was just gone and so i didn't even finish i just i knew i knew i lost i just went home went to bed it's like it you is. got. It's like Frozone. The
0: that's Frozone, the guy from the Incredibles, from the Incredibles? Atlanta Braves.
2: Uh, oh yeah, 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 the guy that runs ballpark the that races people. You ever seen this guy?
1: I think he's the Freeze. I don't think he's Frozone.
2: Yeah, Frozone's oh. from the Incredibles. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. He's dressed
0: in the Frozone stuff. But yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah,
1: or like Jerry in Seinfeld when the card backfires, he gets out early, mm-hmm. but. I was just going to say it's incredible how, like, no matter what age you're at, being fast is cool. Like, when you're a kid, everyone knows who the fastest kid is. And then even if, like, if you're an adult and you win a race, it's still, you're like, oh, that, that guy's cool. He's faster. It's impressive. If
2: you ain't first or last. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good old, uh, yeah. speaking, speaking of racing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. I, I- Shake and bake. Shake and
0: bake. Coming to my mind is us racing dad in the front yard and and dad just getting so mad because he lost.
2: Does this ring a bell to anyone else? Yeah, that's a classic. I think it was you, John, that beat him. I think it was. Yeah. I remember watching from a distance. Yeah. I mean he smoked eight, like a nine, chimney ten. so there's no way his lung capacity was going to get him He's probably wearing feet.
1: work boots too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's crazy though. Ra- yeah, speed and and being fast. Like Harvey, so my son is 5 now and he I did that faster. That's like usually the first thing. I did that faster than my friend. I did that faster than my I did it faster than you did. <laughs> so he's very much in the uh speed, need for speed. Where that comes gonna from. gonna be a point. I don't know. It's gonna be a point where you get out hustled by your kid. So that's coming. Yeah. And I was watching um, it is coming. It, it happens to every parent. And I was um watching Zootopia. Have you guys seen that? Mm. No.
1: I feel like I Maybe no, I'm thinking of over the hedge. I have not seen Zootopia.
2: Zootopia is actually a really good Disney movie, um, or Pixar movie, whatever it is. But I will say there's a line in there where I forget the fox's name, the main character, the fox guy. And he's, it's right after they were almost attacked by Jaguar, which is not a spoiler. And uh, they get into (laughs) this um, little like chairlift sort of thing, canopy lift. And he's sitting there and he's like, he's like, I've learned two things at a young age. Number one was never let them see that they got to you. So that's my advice. When my children beat me in a race, we won't. They won't even know because I won't let them <laughs> get inside me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that could be playing. They're not. They're not going to be in my head. You know, I'm going to be stone faced. I'm going to. I might even pull. I wasn't even racing. One <laughs> of those like I didn't even want to win.
1: <laughs> Just that I choose not to run.
2: Yeah. <laughs> But so anyway, check out Zootopia. It's a good one.
0: Yeah. So the, yeah, they're in a foot race to the Starmobile. Um, Shredder yells to stop them. Why doesn't he run? Why doesn't he fight? It's unclear to me. Um, good guys get to the Starmobile. They then take off uh, and start to track the Mento Neutralizer. Um, you know, I think they try to push a button basically to track this thing. Um, but the switch doesn't work to which then Raph makes a comment and it says it serves them right for buying cheap imports, which is just another like weird thing.
1: Yeah, John, this, if you remember in history, this is when uh like Japanese auto imports started taking over U S auto manufacturers. So maybe a little pro America sentiment from who was it? Raph, he seems like yeah. he would be the...
2: So a, a couple of episodes ago, too, do you remember when the neutrinos, when they first appeared, they left this, the blue starmobile behind and the turtles try to use it the next episode, but it ran out of fuel and it runs on plutonium? Do you remember that yeah. whole scene? Yeah. Raph had some, some wise-ass stuff there, too. So I don't know how much of it... I mean, I think I'm sure, I'm sure part of it is what's happening in America at this time in the late 80s with the imports of... Um, of vehicles, but also, I think it's a knock on since the neutrinos are supposed to be so sophisticated, yet their stuff is always seemingly breaking. He's making a joke about the imports, you know, from another dimension and how they aren't reliable here on Earth. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I don't know,
1: yeah, it does make more sure. no sense because their cars are modeled after like classic American 50s style cars,
2: yeah. But either way, I mean, something's broken again, so um. And that something
0: is the trilithium power source that's broken in the car. Um, So Donnie says that they, or Mikey, someone basically says they need to find a particle accelerator to be able to crack the crystal and fix it. Um, And Leo happens to know exactly where they can find this particle accelerator. Um, They just need to break into a place in the bad part of town Um, They call this particle accelerator a cyclotron. So,
1: I will hold on before you get into that. There's a really (laughs) funny part when they're like flying off. Shredder's just banging on the chain wing fence saying it's not fair. Which made me think like that moment of all the episodes I think has to be rock bottom for Shredder. (laughs) He, He just lost like a foot race. To turtles to a car that he needed to prove wrong. And he's like, he's broken at this point. He has nothing.
3: Yeah.
2: The <laughs> only thing he has going for him is that Crane has no idea what just happened. Cause I'm surprised we didn't get a cutscene to Crane calling in on the uh, communicator. Yeah. Like, like he did a few episodes ago where he was basically just heckling Shredder for <laughs> screwing up the plan. I thought it was coming, but it never did. So he's probably going to die. He's going to die with that uh, secret. <laughs> yeah that's
0: that's a great yeah Crane usually does call so he can just get a bird's eye view of whatever's going on but yeah his two goons he like commanded his goons they basically got trounced by these teenagers and he's just so yeah he's a broken man (laughs) um yeah so we are on now our eighth turtle tech of the episode which is the trilithium crystal power so, Chris, is this? I believe it's your turn to guess the year. It is not obviously a crystal, but a rechargeable lithium-ion battery. When was the lithium-ion battery invented?
1: The battery or rechargeable battery?
0: Lithium-ion. Lithium-ion. So, so specific, as everyone knows specific the fuel Egyptians source.
1: created the first batteries, but they weren't lithium-ion. Lithium they were copper. Ion. Um, it might not have been in the Egyptians. I think it was the Egyptians, maybe the Greeks. I'm gonna say lithium. I mean, essentially lithium ion means nothing to me. That's just like a normal battery, right?
2: I'll no. I'll give you a little context to make it fair. So no lithium. You need all the points you can get.
1: Yeah, right. don't give me a hint. I'm
2: just saying yeah. lithium is a specific, it's the modern uh Lithium ion, lithium, lithium palmer, not, or like I'm gonna the more say modern ones. I'm going to say this is
1: ones. a post World War II invention. Maybe. Where did... Fuck it. 1969. I'm going to go after. Andrew seems very confident in that. I'm probably be wrong. Before
0: 1969. The earliest example of a lithium ion battery was developed by NASA in 1965.
1: Damn, look how close
0: that was! Yeah, right there. But hold on. <laughs> I wait. The, <laughs> I
1: was going to change the, wait. F- reframe the question so Andrew gets a point. That's what I feel coming.
2: This is confusing. E- I just this E, is e- five versus is from
1: Wikipedia. Yeah, modern it says
0: breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. It says the breakthrough that produced the earliest form of the modern lithium-ion battery. Was made by a British chemist M. Stanley Whittingham in 1974.
1: You didn't say the modern; you said lithium ion. John's Walker, Andrew Canepa. Uh, John's Walker yeah, researches. Is... In
2: 1974, it was it was the first to use titanium? It says, titanium. It says yeah. Give it 1970s chance, created the first rechargeable lithium ion battery.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Chris, research began in 1965, but it was
2: first.
1: For the rechargeable or for a lithium-ion?
2: Chris? first prototype of a modern lithium-ion battery, which uses a carbonaceous anode rather than a lithium metal, was developed by Akira Yoshino in 1985, which was commercialized by Sony in 1991.
1: Andrew gets it. Uh, I'm going to give Andrew that point.
2: Yeah, it was like the 70s prototypes 80s were expanded and then 90s 85 90s when they actually commercialized them
0: <clears throat> that would be correct Andrew <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it's, everyone knows
2: that yeah because it's and yeah in, yeah it's a 74 Stan Stanley yeah Whitting Whittingham which yell really nuts yeah yeah
1: polls Okay. Point for Chris. <laughs> no
2: problem, John. I'll do your segments too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew.
0: Thank you. The, also, the Turtles were on their way to a particle accelerator. Andrew, for the ninth Turtle Tech. When was the particle accelerator first built and created? This is a tough one.
2: This is a tough one. Is it though? Is it really? It is. It is also crazy (laughs) how much stuff happened in the 60s and 70s. It is. Yeah, because that was
1: like the peak of technology before people cared what the government was doing. So they could just do whatever they wanted.
2: Yeah. Well, I also think the fact that like after World War II and then everybody's like, you know, racing to be a world power so that they never have to go through what, um, you know, those countries went through in World War II. So, uh, anyway, particle accelerator. So nuclear. Okay. So when was nuclear energy created? Cause that I feel like is around the same time. So I'm going to say 1952.
1: I will say earlier. And I will even say that the first one was in Illinois, I believe.
0: John's uh, looking in it up Illinois. right now. No, I, so. There's two types.
1: I actually researched this separately of this episode, but somewhat recently for something else.
0: So this in my research <clears throat> here, I'll, I'll read it and we can discuss the facts. Ernest Lawrence created the first cyclotron, which was a mere four inches in diameter. Uh, In 1939, he built a machine with a 60-inch diameter, um, and he built one 184-inch diameter in 1942, which was taken over for World War II. The first large proton synchrotron was the cosmotron at Brookhaven National Laboratory, which accelerated protons to about 3 GeV which I think is like what you would typically blast things with. And that was created in 1953.
2: Yeah. I think, I think the bigger ones, but this says 1929, Ernest Lawrence created the first cyclotron in university of California, Berkeley. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going particle accelerator, if we're going cyclotron, what did you, what did you say? Um, 29. I said uh, 52, I think. So I was wrong. And Chris, you said earlier. Yeah. I believe.
0: Um, I'm going to give Andrew the point here because I'm not, because we're going <laughs> to make this it's interesting. <laughs> it's going to make it interesting. I'm not going with these rinky dink ass early ones. I'm going the big particle accelerators, which was 1953. Chris, I uh, sorry to John, say,
1: I mean, are we talking electrostatic or are we talking electrodynamic?
0: We're fucking talking a large proton synchro, synch, synchrotron. That's what I'm talking about. I'm the fucking judge here. Is <laughs> This five to four. Chris All right, is up by I'll one. I'll take it. And we have potentially five things left. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, well apparently it doesn't just... matter. So, yeah, just make it close <laughs> at the end.
0: Um. So the Turtles, they go to the bad part of town to the Particle Accelerator. Donnie says that they need to bombard the crystal with Betron Rays, and then it'll be good as new. He puts the Trilithium Crystal into this thing, where a couple robot arms just take it and place it on this little pedestal, uh, where it then begins to get bombarded. The crystal and or machine begin to heat up very rapidly and emit this very, you know, bright glowing light. Everyone's very scared that this thing is just going to blow up. I think Donnie even says this thing may blow.
2: Well, it doesn't help, too. Donnie told them right before either this is going to work or we're all going to die, is more or less what he said.
1: (laughs) He does say that. The crystal goes from the size of, like, the hood of their car to, like, fits in the palm of their hand when they're in the lab. So I don't know what's going on with this thing
0: nobody does um this is when where so you know the turtles put it in this machine start using all this power crane gets on the horn rings up shredder and basically says hey you douche i know where these turtles are because i just got a reading on my tool whatever that said, there was a very large power surge that penetrated the trans-dimensional barrier. It was so powerful that it penetrated the trans-dimensional barrier. And that Crane knows that it's beneath the streets, very, keep this in mind, beneath the streets in an area in the northwest sector of the city.
1: So this, if you want to go down a rabbit hole separately, there's a theory out there that the world... Like spun into a different dimension when they fired up the Hedron Collider, which is the biggest particle accelerator in the world in Sweden. So if you think about it, that theory kind of fits with Crane being able to detect the particle accelerator. He's in a different dimension. So food for thought. Also, they said northeast part of the city, which do you, any of you know where that is? What neighborhood?
0: Are you sure they said northeast? Mm, yes, pretty positive it was Northwest.
1: Nope. I checked it twice because I looked this fact up.
2: Um. Well, isn't Brooklyn, Brooklyn? No, why well, did
1: so? I did northeast of because they're in Manhattan. Of Manhattan, so. okay. Yeah.
2: So outside of um, it's got to be northeast, northeast yeah. is like heading towards Connecticut, but I don't know which actual city's right up there. Yeah, which or,
1: it's it's so it's in it's a neighborhood of Manhattan. Traditionally, when you think of New York. One of the poorer neighborhoods.
2: The Bronx? No. Harlem? No, that's true, but not... Bronx is north. Uh, Harlem? Yeah, Har- Har- Harlem yeah. is east. The yeah. Is Harlem.
1: Yeah. Specifically, East Harlem, which is even traditionally worse than regular Harlem. So, it's been gentrified at this point, I think, but at the time of the Turtles, definitely not one of the better parts of the city.
2: That's quite interesting, but what is this... Theory that we were spun into a different dimension. I've oh, never heard that.
1: Buddy, we'll get you got to go down some Reddit rabbit. I'll check, holes. Out,
2: I'll check out Reddit on that one.
1: Yeah. It's like the world, yeah. Basically, we got spun into an alternate dimension when that thing got fired up. <laughs> it's an interesting theory.
0: Yes, a theory. Um, okay, so that brings us to numero de ace for our Spanish speaking listeners, number 10 on the Turtle Tech. So Krang was tracking a very large power surge in the city. Chris, what year was the surge protector invented?
1: (sighs) Do you know what a surge protector is? Yes, I do know what a surge protector is, John.
2: The modern surge protector, John, or the the thought of the surge
1: protector? (laughs) Any electrical surge protection.
2: The first
1: well,
0: electronic voltage right. the first electronic voltage surge suppressor. Which mm-hmm. was a predecessor to the power strips. I'm not talking a power strip, I'm talking yeah. a electronic voltage surge protector. There's a patent for this, so nineteen fifty.
1: 1950...
0: before the correct answer is before harold p Kopp got his initial patent for a device called the zap trap in 1941 it was the first Never. electronic voltage surge suppressor the predecessor to the power strips in widespread use today
1: we all knew andrew was going to get that right john's been handing him blue <laughs> shells and stars so he could catch up so now we're now we're tied
0: Okay, wait. What is that? You said surge, Andrew. Yep, the
3: drink. Don't even do the soda.
2: Surge, the soda.
3: <laughs> Come on. It's still
2: around. I, I think they they still make it. When was this
0: soda? I'm actually going to uh, let me see here. When was this soda uh, popularized in the United States? And by popularized, I mean distributed. It's
1: just so so much of an easier question.
0: Yeah, because this was in our life. Why is it easy, Chris? It's not easy. He gets a year. Grew and then you up say in this before era. or after? You say before or after? What is easy? Yeah, but he unless he, he nails knows the he year, can you're 50, 50, yeah, I'm working that... with
1: all of history, John. He's working with the last twenty years.
2: It's the same. It's the no. same, Chris. Yeah, this. I feel like the second guesser has the better odds.
3: Yeah.
1: So yeah, better odds, but John, guess a number between one and five hundred and one and twenty. What am I? What is easier to get right?
2: Seven. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. Um, this was in our lifetime. The question is: Which came first, Citra or Surge? But was it in our lifetime? I don't know.
1: There's one key reference I have for this, which I will tell after Andrew.
2: Surge, I'm going to say. Yeah, is John fucking with me is the question. Um, (laughs) So I was introduced to Surge by Coke Man Kaz back. I would probably say when I was
1: Coca-Cola Man Kaz.
2: Yeah, Coca-Cola man cas, that's right. Well, modern Coca- Coke man cas, we'll call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably when I was like 8, 9, 10, somewhere around there. So that was like 25 years ago. So right around 2000 would be probably when I was introduced to it, maybe a little bit later, 2003, 2004. But I'm going to say 1998 just Damn, because –
1: I don't know. So, What's I it? had one key reference that led me to 1998, and it is that in NHL '98, Surge was a sponsor on the boards, on the hockey boards. What in the game?
2: Wow, talk about Easter. So, egg. That so that I was gonna be, say that's not right. There's no way,
1: John. Google it. I'm telling you right now. That's not I'm gonna right. say 19. I'm gonna say less because that probably means 97, and then they had to advertise but 98 was like the in the year i was thinking in my head
0: the correct answer is 1997.
1: Do wow. i get points for getting it right?
0: No, you do not. You, you did said you before. Said yeah.
1: I said probably 1997.
0: Yeah, probably. Your point wow. was not to guess. Right. I'm just
2: going to point out I'm like <laughs> right on the money with dates uh, yeah. for some of these. So yeah, Surge that one was less is, impressive than the other one. It's a citrus flavored soft drink
0: for those who don't know for our younger listeners or the listeners that maybe did not drink soda growing up, a citrus flavored soft drink produced um, to compete with uh, Pepsi's Mountain Dew. It was advertised as having a more hardcore edge, much like Mountain Dew's advertising at the time in an attempt to lure customers away from Pepsi. It was originally launched in Norway as urge in 1996 and was so popular that it was released in the U S as surge in 97 Lagging sales caused production to be ended in 2003 for most markets.
1: So I'm gonna share Short with loop. you, John, proof that I'm right. This is an H L ninety eight. That's not so no, it's not. That's an HL ninety eight, just brainy's not on.
2: No. Yeah. And you're just talking straight north, like due north, those are the surge logos?
1: Yeah, right here.
2: Yeah, right by your guy in the red.
1: That is a very Where? I don't Pixelated see the oh, Surge yeah,
2: yeah. logo right there. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, I never knew that Surge was invented. They nicknamed it the MDK, Mountain Dew Killer. Mm. Wow. Is there more to that? Or um, it says <laughs> developed. Two to... more coming. I thought I froze. Well, <laughs> there is, but it's. I mean developed to converge with mellow yellow as a means of slowing mountain dew growth so they were and then so what was coke citra? coke was just throwing everything at the wall to try to take away market share of mountain dew citra was for people that are older than 90
1: citra was delicious as was fresca and is fresca is still great
0: okay this is not no free ads
1: <laughs>
0: no free ads uh, okay so wait i got to update this chris Get a point there. Chris is now up six to five. You get an extra
1: point for rubbing that in your face, Surge. You do You get zero. And actually,
0: you keep talking. I might take a point away. <laughs> we have two left, so
1: Andrew got to win out.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, That's Crane. N-
1: there's thirteen now.
0: Yeah, that was. the It was bonus five right to there.
1: five. I just got a point. You said there were twelve.
0: Yeah, I said there was a bonus thirteen. Surge was the bonus. Oh, yeah. Right. Chris. Come on, keep up. Okay. Krang identifies where the turtles are. Uh, Donnie gets the tool under control and has charged the crystal. This is when Shredder and his goons, Bebop and Rocksteady, roll up in their orange van. Which is like, they just have an orange van. It's funny to me. Um. They then, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady are questioning why the particle accelerator would be in this part of the city. Shredder then remarks, it's because if it blew up, no one would care what happened to the neighborhood. Which I thought was
2: a little off-putting yeah. from Shredder, if I'm being honest. A little harsh. Yeah. He also had really thick, defined eyebrows in that scene. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. But I was like, what is up with shredder like why because he, he was on the screen quite a bit for, you know for that that cut and uh I realized it was his eyebrows like really really thick <laughs> thick this af is what is I wrote um I also thought the dramatic that all for all the drama that happened in the scene of it's gonna blow it's gonna blow it like cuts to shredder and then it cuts back and then everybody's just like oh yeah it worked it worked it just worked fine and they just go along with their day like there's zero they built up all that suspense for nothing
1: yeah i agree it was like they needed a reason for which i was trying to figure out why krang would help shredder and i think it just has to be because he hates the neutrinos so much like the neutrinos were pitched originally as like the mortal enemy of the stone soldiers in dimension x but mm-hmm. a part like that storyline never developed at all until i was piecing together i was like why would krang even care Ultimately, he usually wants Shredder to fail, but it seems like maybe just his hate for the neutrinos made him help him out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Crank's hard, um, hard to follow because I don't know if he consistently has an enemy or if he's just blowing like with the wind. Because sometimes he's helping Shredder, sometimes he's sabotaging Shredder, sometimes he cares about the Turtles. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he wants the Neutrinos dead. He's hard to read. He's a tough guy to work for. Yeah, he's a tough boss to work for. Yeah. Definitely. But but he definitely trained up Bebop and Rocksteady when they were in Dimension X. Because what do they do, John? Um, They laser blast the shit out of the Turtles and the Neutrinos. Topside. Yeah, but we're not there yet. Not there yet, so we'll save it. I mean, it's basically the next scene. Yeah. Well, uh, hold on, John likes hold the on. details. He's got to tell us what color he's this. He's probably another was.
1: turtle techiest to watch in here. <laughs> first,
0: first of all, the correct term would be shoehorn in here, Chris. Come on. And also, Andrew was talking about Shredder's eyebrows. What I also noticed about Shredder in this episode was, so he's got like the purple cape and he's got the shoulder pads. His like shirt was black this time around. Has it always been black? Because he was looking pretty.
2: Gray, I and think. Black. I think usually his his um, shirt, I would say, is whatever you want to call that, Regala, is um yeah is uh yeah, metal.
0: Or at least yeah. gray. Yeah. Shredder coming in with an alternate uniform, which I was a big fan of. Um but yeah, so um Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady uh run into the building. They hit up on the elevator, which is inconsistent with this being below ground. Which is why I said make a note of that. To which an elevator door opens, a robot, just a random ass robot, asks, please identify yourself. Shredder turns to, <laughs> to Bebop and Rocksteady and says, Bebop, identify us. And he blasts the shit out of this robot.
2: Another great one liner. Like Shredder yeah. just teen him up and and this time he 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 tagged teams in Bebop to come in for the uh the people's elbow, you know.
1: Yeah, badass <laughs> entrance, but again, no reason for a robot to just be in an elevator.
0: I know. It's protecting the accelerator that the turtles I were guess. Able to sneak by. I don't know. Um, so the turtles and neutrinos take the crystal out of the machine. They're about to leave, which then Bebop and Ruck City blast the door, uh, blast through the door, then fire a couple of shots at the turtles and stun them quite well, in fact. Um, Leonardo, the turtle com falls out of his underwear. <laughs> Maybe. Falls out of something um, and starts ringing. April then, who is just sitting at her desk, twiddling her thumbs, gets a couple buzzes and immediately says, the turtles, they're in trouble, and then runs off.
2: Yeah. Thoughts? You just, you gotta love... The Turtlecom number one, because how many times has that thing either fallen or been stolen or broken so far? Yeah, I feel like quite a few, and it will continue. So number one, they got to hold on to the Turtlecom. But um, it's nice to see April's back. She was supposed to be chasing the story of the century, story of the year, and she just happened to give up. I guess I don't know. She's not even making an effort to try to make it seem like she's going after the story. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I'd love to see the call log of the turtle communicators. It's just April to the turtles, the turtles to April back and forth a million times. Yeah. And I think maybe splinter has one. I know he's used one. I don't know if it's his though.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but Hey, it worked though. It worked because they needed to send a signal. It got out. It goes to April. Then what happens? I don't even remember. And then
0: before we get to that, we will shoehorn in a Turtle Tech here, which I now realize. I think when they were pushing the elevator button, in my mind I thought doorbell. <laughs> so, doorbell, uh, Chris. This is what year bullshit. was is it? The Chris doorbell or is it me? Invented? Oh yeah, you, yes, just Chris. The, yeah it's
1: you just guessed. I guess the year search.
0: Yep. Chris, the doorbell and by doorbell, we're going to go with um,
2: a logical chime one.
0: mm, No. So this I'm not. So I'm not going knocking. Obviously, like a door knocker is not a doorbell.
1: An actual bell. No, no, no. no. This
0: would be. um, Well, what do you I don't know, Chris, what do you want to guess? Electric doorbell or one that maybe had woodwinds or piped system of compressed (laughs) air. (laughs)
1: Fucking <laughs> <Like> organ. <laughs> was the organ invented? No, no. I no. think electrical is probably like the modern doorbell.
0: Yeah, okay. When was the uh, electrical doorbell invented? 1910. <sighs>
3: 1910.
2: Um, Zero banter about why.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in my head, I was thinking, honestly, I'm thinking Peaky Blinders in my head, which doesn't really make sense. But I'm thinking it's electricity has to exist, like be harnessed, obviously. Wealthy people, I'm thinking like tycoons, railroad barons, like they probably had a mansion with an electric doorbell in there.
2: Yeah, but if you had watched the Men Who Built America series on History Channel, which is phenomenal, I highly recommend it. Um electricity was part of that railroad tycoon. Like it wasn't there yet. Or it was just emerging. They also went like butlers. Yeah. Fuck. I think after. I think after nineteen ten. But I could be wrong.
1: Feels like somewhere in there.
2: Yeah, like the Roaring Twenties, I feel like. You know, people were having... Yeah, but then I'm too... So that's what my
1: other thought was. i my like, well, I think it would have been before the Roaring Twenties because somebody had to have Probably. one.
2: Is it clear, John? Or is it ambiguous yeah, like every clear. other question this we've got? Clear. All right. What's the year?
0: The... Well, here's a little history. William Murdoch, a Scottish inventor, installed a number of his own inventions in his house built in Birmingham in 1817, one of which... Was a loud doorbell that worked using piped system of compressed air. This was a precursor to the electric doorbell, which was specifically a bell that could be rung at a distance via an electric wire, which was invented by Joseph Henry around eighteen thirty one.
1: Eighteen thirty one. Wow.
0: Shit. By the early nineteen hundreds, electric doorbells had become commonplace, but the correct answer would be eighteen thirty one. Circle gets the square way quickly. earlier than I That's thought. It's a win. Yeah, seven to five. The last question may or may not be worth three points. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not. We nobody knows.
2: Or how, how about if you guess the year, you get two points on the on the nose. You yeah, get two points. Yeah, I need That's that. I said does.
1: if you guess the year on the nose, you win the game.
2: Well, nobody's done it yet.
1: system.
0: And Come Chris, you would be wrong. I mean, if you count
1: my surge answer, then.
0: We'll see. It might be like fucking, um, the fuck's the name of the wizard in Harry Potter?
1: Dumbledore, John.
0: Yeah, it might be like Dumbledore at the end of the season, just granting fucking points willy nilly to people.
1: He does. <laughs> he does hand them out pretty. <laughs> yeah. Unfairly. No, <laughs> yeah. here's fifty Slytherin's points for standing fucked. up to your friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Right. Fucking Cedric Diggory gets killed in the goblet of fire, and they don't get any extra points.
0: Yeah, unbelievable. Anyways, so uh, Bebop and Rock City, like I said, shoot Leo. April is on the way to rescue them. The Bebop and Rock City and Shredder ca- actually capture the turtles this time around, and they just lay the teenagers to waste outside, right outside of the building. Um, Shredder decides to leave the teenagers there um, and wants the vermin that live there to finish off the teenagers, which is just... A bad move by Shredder, for sure. Um, they all hop into the Starmobile, and they fly away in the car with the Turtles. April rolls up in the Channel 6 news van to pick up the teenagers that she just knows where they are because she was tracking the Turtle com that was left behind and knows that the Turtles were probably hanging out with these uh, teenagers. They... Hop into the van. April says that the area is run by the cyberpunk game, cyberpunk gang, and they don't take kindly to teenagers. Uh, They're being chased on motorcycles. Trash is being thrown at the Channel 6 van. Um, And things are not looking good for the April and the teenagers. Or the Turtles, for that matter.
1: Yeah, classic just tie up the arms on the turtles too. Like old school villain putting somebody on railroad tracks. That's yeah. all I really
2: got. Very classic. <laughs> um, cyberpunks. I don't know why the cyberpunks would be in that part of the city. If they're so advanced, I'm assuming since they're called cyberpunks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They kind of yeah.
1: me of like Mad Max people. That's what I was thinking.
2: Yeah. I was, when this came up, I was thinking of, um, remember a couple of years ago during the pandemic, part of Portland was taken over by the people. They like annexed part of the city oh, and they yeah. were just like yeah. running it. That is what I was thinking of in the scene. Like the cyberpunks are the equivalent of the Portland people. And they just claimed, they just stuck their flag in the ground and claimed, claimed it back. I forgot about that. Wow. That's
1: a good
2: comparison.
0: Yeah. So, um, I have in my notes that they that Shredder and B Bob and Mark said he had hid the men, mento neutralizer just in a junkyard, but I realized it's back in the abandoned carnival area that they were in. But they go to the mento neutralizer. Mikey makes a joke that it's called the mento naturalizer. That would sound good, and it would go good on a pizza. So we have our second pizza of the episode, which is Mentos on pizza,
2: which. Which, if God you no, know Chris, yeah, Chris despises mint on pizza. Are mentos what, mint? Yeah. Chewy I don't mints. like mint in general. Yeah. Do you want chewy mints or would you rather have mint leaves wrapped among anchovies?
1: I thought mentos were like candy.
2: They yeah. are. There's two. There's traditional mentos, which are mint and they're chewy. They're the white ones. And then you have the yep. colored mentos, which are the fruity flavored c- yeah, candy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking
1: of. of. I would not want mint on pizza, but John, to correct you, I think I thought they were still in the cyberpunk territory.
0: They are, but I think it's, that's where the junkyard is. Oh, that makes sense. Or the carnival. I don't know. TBD. Yeah. Either way. Um, so shredder throws the turtles that are bound in rope into the mento neutralizer. He is going to activate the portal when the turtles are in the Mento neutralizer um, and we sort of are left there. We go back to April that's escaping with the teens in the van. They crash into an overturned bus. This Northeast area of the city is very much a wasteland.
2: Yeah. Very anticlimactic crash too. Yes. I watched Classic it tw- women driver. two or three times, but it was almost like she hit the brakes in time, but it was like an inch, inch short. Or inch long, I guess, and uh, just bumped into it. And then all of a sudden, April jumps out the passenger side. Savage, no seatbelt,
1: unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looked like she stopped until that second cutscene, and then it just showed the front of the van smashed up.
3: Yeah,
0: huge yeah, so, fucking bus too,
2: big bus. So I, I think that's the third. Is that the third Channel Six news van? That's that's been
1: yeah, because there were two. There was the original, and then the next episode had one.
2: Yeah, because we we've we lost sense. one in with the um, Omnus episode. That one we did. Yeah, didn't that one blow up? We lost from the, the first junkyard. Turtles. It was in the junkyard with all the the machines that had taken over. I thought they blew up the troll van. Maybe
1: not. We oh, lost
2: yeah, one in the water, right. didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah, that guy. That guy. Yeah.
1: is his name? Just have to go back. Also, it's can road. we just everything is a van in this show? Every vehicle they use is a van.
2: Chris, when was the van
1: invented? <laughs> well, we coca invented the minivan. I'll tell you that saved Chrysler.
2: I think the eighties, eighties and nineties were big van era. Like I remember as a kid growing up in that, vans SUVs weren't really a thing, and yeah, trucks were still big. small, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. The minivan preceded the the SUV. Yeah, it was like a family, and it replaced the station wagon. Anyway. Okay.
0: Yeah. So April and the teens, they hop out of this crashed van. April has her camera and she flashes the cyberpunks punks uh, in a way to distract <laughs> flashes them with the camera.
3: <laughs>
0: I saw Chris's eyebrows freeze. Um, she flashes them with the camera. They are then stunned um, and the neutrinos and April escape into the sewer. Um, because it worked for the Turtles, so it might as well work for the teenagers. Um, Shredder, then, we go back to the Turtles. He's about to click the button that's going to open the portal, and they're going to neutralize the Turtles, but he gets zapped. He is paralyzed by some electric or some other force um, as he goes to push the button for the Transdimensional Portal. So big error on Shredder's part not to neutralize the Turtles beforehand.
2: Gets a puts a cart before the horse here. He's always going for the home run.
1: Yeah, yeah there's really no reason to do them simultaneously.
2: Yeah, he just like wants he's rushing
1: like, for absolutely no reason.
2: Yeah, he's trying to just make everything more dramatic because he. I mean, he called himself Emperor Shredder last episode, so he's like, yeah. he's building this aura, so he's got to have everything. Like you, you hit one domino over here, and then the thousand fall and everything comes into play at the end, but it, yeah, yeah, it's flawed because he needs everything to work perfectly in order to get to the end game. And of course, here we go. It's going to get sabotaged again.
1: I also love how they had the neutral or mental neutralizer, like hidden in garbage and to uncover it, they just blasted it with their laser guns. Yeah. That was pretty cool.
2: That was, I like that. That was a good, good dramatic gun blast right there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so the turtles now seeing that Shredder is stunned and Bebop and Rocksteady are in a stupor trying to figure out what's going on. They hop out of the neutralizer um, and then Bebop and Rocksteady, with their guns ablazing, shoot at the turtles. I think uh, one of them says it's going to be like shooting turtles in a barrel. So very easy.
1: That was Rocksteady. Uh,
0: that was Rocksteady. Who's the rhino? Yep, he's gray like a rock, that's how I remember it.
1: Nice. I just rock steady rhino R and R.
0: Mm. Very good pneumatic devices. Bebop
1: B and B. If you need a little tip, John. Shredder Bebop. S. Steel. <laughs> <You'll... laughs>
0: Michelangelo, Morange. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so as bebop and rocksteady are shooting at the turtles they basically hop like they hop so that the bullet so leo does like a 180 basically the bullet fires off his back michelangelo does like a frog leap so that the bullet hits the his shell and whatever they get out of the ropes and then this is where (laughs) i think leo has a line that he says something i I have it right
2: here Yeah, Yeah. Chris, you might as well read it since he's your guy.
1: So he says, Shredder, you forgot about our prodigious ninja dexterity. That's right. Which great use of prodigious by Leo.
2: Yeah, great use. And the theme music was cued
1: as he said that line.
2: Fuck yeah, it was. Not what I would have gone with if I were Leo, but they get the outcome that they need.
0: They do. So, um, Donnie disarms Bebop and Rocksteady by throwing his lame ass wooden bow. <laughs> at, he just
1: at fucking them. javelins
0: it at him. Yeah, he does. Raph throws his psi, um, spelled Sai, spelled S A I, to also disarm them. April and the teens then pop out of the sewer um, and they're about to fight Shredder. The cyberpunk show up. Shredder's like, fuck this. I'm not actually sure how he gets off the car alarm. Do we know?
1: Bebop and Rocksteady just like, after they lose to the turtles, they kind of shake him out of it. Got and it. And he says, don't worry about me. Get the turtles or something.
0: Yeah. Um. I'll finish the episode and then we'll do the last turtle Tech. So, the, yeah, shake-free Shredder, Bebop and Rocksteady then run into a building and slam the door. Some rubble and debris falls, blocking the door. The turtles and the neutrinos in April hop in the Starmobile and fly away. Um, the Turtles then asked the teens, like, what the hell was up with the car? Like, what was going on? They said that they put a car alarm in the transdimensional hypersignal to stop anyone from using it that wasn't allowed. Um, and then to wrap up the episode, as the teens are going to fly back to Dimension X, Mikey gives Kala a pizza. He says it's an earth pizza. Uh, She opens it. It basically says, thank you. It's a hot pizza. Um, But we will add earth pizza to the pizza wheel, which to me was, it looked, I know there was an outline of a mushroom on the box, but earthy fungi mushroom pizza is what I'm going with there. I
1: agree with that. Three
0: pizzas.
2: Yeah. Three pizzas this episode.
0: Three or two. Three or three, right? Yeah three. Um they fly away to Dimension X, and then the episode is over. But we will have our final Turtle Tech segment here. Which is Andrew's guess, hope you nail it for the win. When was the car alarm invented?
2: And this is the same thing like when it was put into mass production or when it was the first one invented and put in the concept car?
0: This was, when was the, I'm going to go, this uh, first invented, used in a car.
2: I don't know. Okay. So the first ever. (laughs) Yeah. First ever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and for some context, yeah, it's not necessarily the modern
0: car alarm where it was used on a car. So, I'll give you. I'll just give you a little hint here. It was a manual alarm. It was triggered when someone tried to crank the engine.
1: When someone tried to crank the engine, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's just give.
2: I know, but I don't. I I don't know my car history. Like crank engines versus you know whatever so like if you asked me when was the model t invented i don't know 19 teens i think somewhere around there um so crank engine i also don't know when that was but i'm going to say 19 um mm, when was the great depression 30s 30s 32 yeah Hey, it's going to be John. in there somewhere. Uh, I would say 1933.
1: Final answer. Hmm. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, so the Model T is in the teens. Crank engine. I'm gonna guess it was probably before
0: 1933. Chris would be correct an early was version of the car alarm was a 28 no okay there's probably it was like an plan. option on the model yes. t like in it was it was 19, aftermarket 15, part 13 yeah damn it it was invented by an unknown prisoner from denver um it was a deterrent like i said manual alarm triggered when someone tried to crank the engine a later alarm was inspired by this early version um, of a remote starter was created in 1916. The version had a car owner carry a receiver, which would buzz if the car ignition system was tampered with.
1: They were doing that in 1916? They were. It's pretty impressive.
0: You know what they well, should have put a car along on one. was the Titanic that sank what? in what year, Andrew? 1917. 1918. Damn. <laughs> that was for the win. You didn't even know it. Chris wins Turtle Tech 8 to 5.
1: Um, Dusted him.
2: Well done. Yeah, shouldn't have even been that close. For, for as s- much as he was complaining. That's, that's a soft, uh, soft win by your part there. Yeah. A soft win? Yeah, soft- but you're like you're the human encyclopedia. You're the guy that could go on jeopardy and answer. Wait, you
1: got rigged to even catch up. It should have been fifteen to one. I, mean, I, don't, remember. I don't even know how many questions there were.
2: Debatable win. Debatable win you by Chris. A
1: win is a win is a win. Somebody said that.
2: So well, as um, as my good friend Dask would say, I dig that. I dig that. <laughs> Turtle Tech.
1: Did he, I don't <laughs> yeah. even know if he said that.
0: He says dig, yeah. Yeah, he digs it. So anyways, the teens fly off. We then end episode, which I thought was a good one, personally. I, I dug it.
1: I don't get why. Why is everybody afraid of the cyberpunks? Like, Shredder just hightailed it out of there as soon as they came over the horizon.
0: They're, they're a gang.
1: The Turtles and Shredder are afraid of the cyberpunks. And so, April. Yeah, Yeah, they must be pretty, pretty well, bad.
2: I will bad say, numbers. though, that's the only time we ever see the cyberpunks.
1: <clears throat> that is the only time? The only time. Put them on ah. the top of the villain board.
2: When and done. Yeah.
1: The only villain to successfully run off everyone.
2: Without <laughs> any weapons or yeah, anything. The like violence. they were just riding around on their tricycles.
1: And <laughs> pure it's reputation. Like, yeah, it's like the Mongol horde, but cyberpunks.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh okay. So that uh finishes the episode recap. We will now get into my favorite segment, personally, Turtleisms,
3: California!
0: I wrote down two, which I will start with. One I mean, was I Let's Hall's shell. One, of them. one was Let's Hall's shell. That was said at some point during the episode by
1: Michael. What was,
2: what was what your it? guess for what John's going to say next, Chris?
1: Groovy like a movie. No. Wow. How'd you miss that one? I
0: is that a turtleism? It's just like a thing, yeah.
1: yeah it is it's turtle.
0: the other one. I have is cowabungas are riding into the sewer after Cala hops
2: aboard Michelangelo's cheapskate. Unfortunately, you missed the second cowabunga, John.
1: Damn, where's the second what one? What else? Missed that too.
2: Uh, I don't know, I didn't write when, I just, I just write them down as they come.
3: <clears throat> Very
2: nice.
0: What there else do you we have? Go.
2: Yeah, Andrew, yeah how about this i'll do the neutrinos because you hate them chris and you can do everybody else
1: Yeah, because i wrote through neutrinos once down but i didn't i no, got all the names confused yeah
2: all right i'll run through it Kala, what's the plan man and she says solid just kind of lame zach i've got cruising and moving daddy-o and just another callback to how they're not amphibians mm-hmm. are actually reptiles solid notion far out place and cat like a cool cat and then dask i've got dig that scene dig this solid chick let's do it which is a non-sexual turtleism <laughs> uh he also says cat tough tamale can head dig that crazy psych, cyclotron split city split city i may actually use like let's get out of here split city and then tin skin
1: did you have tough tamales did you say that one tough tamale yeah, yeah he did can head no that, that one all right, I had Burn give us a story of the year. I had Raph said, what's cooking? Mikey, what's whole shell? Totally awesome. I don't know if that counts. That was Mikey. The bunga. I had No Problemo Dudes by Mikey. Groovy like a movie. And then Rocksteady with the shooting turtles in a barrel.
2: Yeah, the only other one I had that you didn't have was April says, let's hit the road, Jack, when she's impersonating what the neutrinos would say. To the turtles, Mm -hmm. which I I don't think they
1: ever said that. So that's kind of funny. That.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't don't recall. Yeah, so quite a few. Maybe, maybe the um, the largest list yet. It's true. Okay, thank you both for such a avid
0: turtleism segment. We will now move on to villain power rankings. So let me pull up the slides here. Hold, please. We have the villain power rankings for those visual listeners. Chris, can you please run through the top 10 as we have it right now?
1: Yeah, and I think this has honestly been the top 10 for a while. So we have at number one, Baxter Stockman, or The Fly, as he's now known. Two, Shredder. Three, Krang. Four, the Mutant Plant. Five, the Eye of Sarnath Monsters. Six, the Pizza Monsters. Seven, Bebop and Rocksteady. Eight, General Dragon Granitor, Nine, the Roadkill Rodneys. And at number 10, the Mausers. Perfect.
0: So, I think we have some movement this episode. Most notably, Bebop and Rocksteady, in my mind. I feel like they had a very strong showing here with their shooting abilities. So, I'm going to make an argument that we move them up at least one spot to number six. Thoughts?
1: I agree. I think a couple episodes ago we said they needed to prove to us a little bit more. They are crack shots. They, I don't think they really screwed up in this episode. I mean, the
2: only thing they didn't do, and I wouldn't call it a screw up, but they didn't get the Starmobile from the get go. But that was more of a fault of Shredder for not telling him that.
1: That's a communication thing. Like, if they, if you think about it, this whole episode could have been avoided if they just told Shredder out of the gate, like where the car was, and that they just grabbed the. It seems like Shredder didn't talk to Bebop and Rocksteady from when they captured the neutrinos to when he got to the carnival.
2: Yeah. Yeah yeah and i think i think moving him up a slot is fine i could argue maybe putting him at five would be okay in my mind it's just hard i think we need to i think we need to blow up our top 10 and pull off the um the you know ones that haven't returned in a long time and put them on the graveyard
1: yeah dragging where need to get the fuck off of here at
2: some point even the even the rodneys and the Mausers, like it's it's hard to remember what they did, but I would, yeah, I'm okay moving B Bomb Rock City to six or even five. I say we go to five. Yeah. yeah.
1: What are the mutant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that.
2: Because the the eye of, uh, uh, it's hard to remember. Yeah, those were the
1: goo monster and the electricity monster. Which yeah, and one of them was, was good, powerful.
2: Yeah, one of them was good. But
1: I say go for it. I also think. Shredder might need to take a step back here, but Krang hasn't really done anything.
2: Yeah, sure. I yeah. mean, there's a lot Shredder. of
1: oversights by Shredder in this episode. A lot of action. We got to ding him. We got to ding him. I mean, he's I'm going. Yeah,
2: he just keeps losing. I feel like he's got to go to three at least. I mean, yeah, put Krang at two.
1: Because Krang yeah. invented the fucking neutralizer. He told Shredder where to find the like. He's yeah. He was pulling the strings this episode.
2: Yeah, he was eyes in the sky just like, you know, the offensive coordinator up in the box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um All right. Should we talk
0: a little graveyard? Well, maybe we so we do have one uh villain her um cyberpunk king to rate.
2: Yeah, so the Cyberpunks are new,
1: but if they're not going to come back, then I think they just have to go right to the graveyard, right or to the to the bench. Or we I mean, grace period.
0: Well, they're definitely not in the top ten. I'll tell you that.
1: I, would well, I think disagree Chris was
0: arguing that they rank. were. Are you,
1: John? They reputation alone, they chased off the Turtles and Shredder. Just the mere thought of them coming sent everyone running.
2: <laughs> but again, we don't we don't score on potential. Yeah, because Omnis would probably be number one if we did.
1: Yeah, but this what is the what is the point of the Cyberpunks to defend Chris, their turf?
2: Counterpoint: They got stunned by a f- camera flash. All wow! Right. Unbelievable! Good. Oldest <laughs> trick in the book. I forgot about that.
1: Listen, if you ever look directly into a camera flash, it'll blind you.
2: Yes, many times.
1: I don't really have a camera, yeah, camera for that. For your wedding,
2: in fact, John. <laughs> yeah, um, I just going to say. <laughs> yeah, cyberpunks, I put them in the graveyard. At number one, but in the graveyard.
1: The bench mm-hmm. or the graveyard? Uh, Is it, I don't think anyone's in the graveyard
2: yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah in the graveyard. But we, I we mean, need to
0: flesh it out a little bit yeah the question is do yeah
2: i'm thinking maybe we do that offline and then for next episode we have a fresh fresh board because i feel like we could spend probably half an hour debating where who goes where and and what and it would be it would make a three-hour episode yeah so i would say maybe put them what's the bench look like john uh sorry i thought
0: i switched the
2: bench here All right, I'll run through who's on the the reserves. So we've got Omnis, Knucklehead, The Punks from episode one, Rex 1 Clones from last episode, Cricket Ninja Turtle Gain, Anti-Turtle Attack Squad, Foot Soldiers, which may need to move up. I mean, they're, they're back.
1: Yeah, Foot Soldiers and executed flawlessly this episode. Yeah.
2: Then we got The Punk Frogs, The Tentacle Monster, and, the, and then we're debating where the cyberpunk gang lands from this episode.
1: So I would move foot soldiers up above the crooked ninja turtle gang. And the punks even. Why the punks so high? I'd go on this knucklehead foot soldiers cyberpunk gang.
0: The foot soldiers fire one bullet. And rocket up, the rankings.
1: Yeah, well, I'm thinking back to what originally they <laughs> captured April. They put her in a chair. The punks destroyed a car. Right? What did the punks do?
2: Fucking terrorize the city. They chased. Um, yeah, they were terrorizing the city, but they chased April into the sewer and then fought, but lost against the turtles. Which yeah, is so basically just captured like everyone
1: April and lost the turtles.
2: Yeah, I think foot soldiers, you want to put them where, right after the knucklehead?
1: Listen, when the foot soldiers showed up in this episode, like, my heart leapt. It's been like 20 (laughs) episodes since we saw them. So I'm probably a little biased, but I was going to go put them at four after. No, I was going to put them at third, above the punks.
2: They definitely belong above the anti-turtle attack squad because they at least... Yeah, they did more than them. I can't remember the Crooked Ninja Troll game. It's been so long.
1: They robbed the bank.
2: Yeah, they terrorized oh, the city. Banks. But they didn't capture any of the Turtles or April, right? Uh, neither correct. did the Rex 1 clones. Neither did the Punks. Neither did the Knucklehead either. How did
1: the Rex 1 clones get so high? I feel like John just made that decision. No. I don't remember putting them there. What did they do?
2: Chris, that was last episode.
1: I know, the bridge. Like, It's all boring together.
2: I don't, I don't
1: know. I think that's. <laughs> now put the punk, put the cyber punk gang.
0: I mean, I'd rather, i rather, right I don't know. The tentacle monster is probably more vicious than the fucking camera shy cyber game.
1: The tentacle monster sucked. It just fell through the portal and got crushed. <laughs> it got its tentacle sliced off and then smushed under debris. <laughs>
2: scaring people away though that's all the no i put them be- behind the anti-turtle attack squad because the anti-turtle attack squad at least got the punk frogs frozen right yeah they captured oh, yeah, i true. mean they froze them but they didn't capture them so that's more than the cyberpunks they scared people away but they didn't capture anyone right true no all right that's where i would put them There. okay i forgot
1: about that i can move with them
2: so the new reserves are Omnist, knucklehead, foot soldiers at three, punks, rex one clones, crooked ninja turtle gang, anti-turtle attack squad, cyberpunk gang, punk frogs, and then tentacle monster. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. And then... I think we're gonna deep dive into this uh, offline. Yeah. Yeah because yeah. the graveyard
0: right now is empty. A lot of yeah. lot of real estate at the graveyard.
2: Perfect. Okay. Very so backs are still holding on at number one. Bax. He
0: lives. Does he live? We don't know. We'll see. Okay. That is... Damn. That's the villain power rankings. We will now get into the updated Twitter question and poll results. So we have... From last week, our Twitter poll question was something.
1: I'll read right, it right here. So I will say, better voter turnout. We almost doubled last week's total. So we're trending upward. Last week's question, what is your favorite spray setting for a garden hose? <laughs> oh, John had shower. Chris, I had jet. Andrew, picked third but I had missed. To
2: Majestic, mist. Majestic Mist.
0: I should say, too, I've listened and or watched that spray hose segment probably four or five times at this point. It's just gold. That whole segment that we had there was just fire. I was obsessed with it.
1: As good a defensive mist something. as you could give, I will say. he <laughs> sold it effort. for what he could. <laughs> but sadly, did not prevail in the poll. So we had a tie... For first place, John and myself with 40% of the vote each. Andrew, 20% of the vote for (laughs) this
0: Chris says we almost doubled the voter turnout,
1: which is true. Three last week. Six,
2: three to five. Oh, five? I think I forgot to vote this week.
1: (laughs) Well, you couldn't vote for yourself. You would have declared a winner. It
2: it doesn't matter either way, but I actually, because I remember in the panic of John claiming Chris voted for himself, which was a false accusation (laughs) that I got dragged into. (laughs) And then punished for ultimately. Um, I think in that whole, in that, you know, midst of all that discussion, I forgot to vote. But (laughs) hey, missed is missed is the wrong answer. So it's the best,
0: it's definitely the number three answer.
2: Yeah. So I was just, you know, limited options. I was given, you know, I I try to, we should have banned,
1: we shouldn't have gave shower mode, should not have been an option. Because that's mean? the clear best mode. It's a, one of the
2: fucking six
0: on the thing.
1: I know, but it's like, you know, it's too obvious.
2: It's the obvious. luck of the draw. You got to go with the luck of the draw yeah. sometimes.
0: I'm also going to lobby that Andrew gets to pick first in this next poll because he lost this one. I think the loser should pick first, personally.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, fair.
0: That's, that's a good idea. Just so you're not getting trounced with pizza. Okay, so Andrew will be spinning this week's pizza how do we want to do this do we want to spin and then do the co- question yeah let's do that all right okay spinning the wheel got a couple additions to the wheel this time which is good three additions
2: to be exact
1: it just feels good i feel like i've been eating pizza for like the last month
2: i know <laughs> all right so i did add um just for the sake of or ease i added um fruit cocktail as a um Pizza topping will obviously do the ones that Chris mentioned, but I just put a can of fruit cocktail. I also have Mentos, the mint version, which I guess John can can debate whether we do the mint or the candy flavored. And then uh, mushroom as well. So those are the three new ones. I think that puts it around 19. So again, this is one of our largest wheels of all time, if not the largest. I'm going to shuffle, absolutely, because there's a lot of anchovies next to each other. <laughs> Um, so let me shuffle that. And then I will say I really do not want fruit on my pizza.
3: <laughs>
2: I just don't know how watermelon, honeydew melon, which is the worst fucking melon besides.
1: It's flavorless.
2: Cantaloupe. And then um, what's the oh, other Mushroom? Mushrooms enough over. cantaloupe slander. That's my That's favorite cantaloupe fruit. Cantaloupe,
1: so. cantaloupe it's
2: sucks. A, it's a known fact that cantaloupe is the worst melon in my opinion <laughs> and i've told Ketalope people it's just
1: there to fill up fruit salad out that's no. all it's there for volume okay, no
2: yeah I'll i'm not spice. this so i don't want that i'm still i'm still hoping for sashimi that's, that's my go-to OG i know i know too. john it's doesn't want that yeah so you there we go around from episode one yeah quite a few and i'm gonna start spinning three two, two one go
1: Oh, you know what it is? Yeah.
2: What the hell is that? Oh. Wow. Back to back everything. This is everything without the green green vegetables. So this was after the mutant Um, plant episode or the mutant plant yeah. Season two, episode three.
1: That's, you know what? The wheel doesn't lie. That's karma because Andrew kind of got screwed into mist mode. So the wheel is just.
2: The wheel is just.
3: Just.
0: Uh, All right, that's the pizza. Now we need to get into this week's
2: Twitter poll question. Yes, we do. Yep. I'm here. I'm lagging. Don't worry.
1: I thought John was going to ask the question.
2: I am. So, this is
0: actually a great time of year. And it's a great time of year because this is Girl Scout cookie season. I've already made a purchase. Everyone loves. We've also just going to take the one I like. I know it. purchase. This week's Twitter poll question: What is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Andrew has the first pick, and then Chris and I were tied for the number one spot. So, Andrew, do we got a quick wheel spin we can do? Yeah,
2: I'll spin the wheel the as I'm uh, as I'm chatting here. Um, <clears throat> so i have made a Girl Scout cookie purchase. It was uh, maybe like two or three weeks ago. I got, um, yeah, I got heckled outside of my go-to grocery <laughs> store as I was just running in to grab like milk. But uh, Girl Scouts have finally, you know, adopted technology. They're using the quantum computers now and they're taking wow. credit card <laughs> payments. <laughs> credit card payments at the, uh, you know, at the table. So wow. I have no excuse not to buy anymore. And that's impressive. Um, but anyway, I, what did I buy? I bought Samoas, which are now called something else. Because caramel, that, delights. Yep. Yeah, caramel, caramel delights. Yep. Caramel delights. I bought Thin Mints. And you guys want to guess what the third box was? Uh, a couple uh, dosidos. do those the peanut butter things? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, those are not the chocolate-covered right? ones. Yeah, the, the chocolate covered peanut the
1: chocolate. The covered. peanut butter patty is what you got.
0: So, this is important because depending on what region of the United States you live in, you will have different names for different cookies. So, we'll
2: put all of them. And do we have an official list we're running off of so we can all, um, like the website, right? Meet the cookies?
1: I just so, Googled, of uh, course, the cookie list.
2: All right. So, for me, it comes down between Caramel Delights formerly known as samoas and thin mints. So they're not formally known as samoas. They're just they're oh, some different region.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So oh, like okay. it depends on the distributor of the cookie. So caramel delights I believe is I believe that's what they're called here in the northeast. It's what they're called I in the think, northwest for yeah, sure. Yeah. I think in the southeast they're samoas, but I
1: could be wrong. Oh, a docido is the peanut butter not covered in chocolate. Yeah. Tag along yeah. is the chocolate cooked
0: version. So, but this Chris, is a question. It's a conversation that was
3: like
2: five
1: minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was buried in my phone trying to find the right names.
2: So, this is the, what was the question again, John? Is it what, what the is the best your favorite? My favorite what is
0: your favorite.
1: Yeah, my favorite but in essence is what's the best. You want oh, to vote. yeah, I sh- no, that's a good
0: point. It should be what is the best? Okay, Samoa's son of yep. a bitch. That's the one on one.
1: Okay, absolutely. here's uh, counter. You're
0: gonna go Samoa's, Andrew. Samoa's slash caramel delights. Yep, it's very two, important because
1: two counter arguments. One, a lot of people don't like coconut, so you yep. might lose some votes there.
2: Well, two, ironically, one of one of the five. Ironically, Chris, you're <laughs> the second vote, so you can lead this right into your choice. Damn. Okay.
1: It. Two, what Andrew didn't think about: Samoa's or caramel delights are actually available year round. Because Keebler makes something, I think it's called. I forget what it's called, but Keebler essentially makes them under a different name, so you don't yes, have to you're wait. Making until you're yeah, making Andrew's argument.
2: You're making the most popular. It. It's no, the most popular cookie, so they make it around. It's, it's not the
1: best out. because you, you. Part of what makes Girl Scout cookies <laughs> great is that you can't have them all the time. Okay, it's like a Cadbury egg, or John. you like the Shamrock Shake, right? Which is also in season and is green. So it applies. <laughs> so part of, part of it is the desire builds up over the year, like eggnog. And then you just gorge yourself on them. <laughs> so while I do love Samoas, that is not the correct answer. It is though. No, Chris,
0: it can be the correct answer. No, it's what's, not though. What's your it's vote, not. Chris?
1: Well, I realized I just made an argument against myself <laughs> because, because what I'm going to pick is Thin Mints, okay? Thin Mints, while not my favorite, are the best because you can put them in the freezer. You can eat them outside of the freezer. Samoas, the problem with Samoas is they come in the tray, which like you're just thinking about how the tray is emptying. Thin Mints come in a sleeve, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So you have a whole sleeve. You can just, it's like they're infinite. There seems like there's so many more in a box than the Samoas. So I'm going with Thin Mints.
2: So you thin mints. About putting them in the freezer. Yeah, thin mints in the freezer is the only way to eat a thin mint. Yeah, it's a fact. Uh, thin mints were what I was leaning towards as well, but hear me out. The best cookie cannot be trumped by its version of candy, which the peppermint patty destroys the thin mint in terms of. Uh, goodness and It's more enough. refreshing. Would be... It's Andrew, mintier. So, wait. The peppermint patty destroys what? Thin mint. I'm saying the candy oh, version of your cookie. Yes. Yeah, if if the candy version of your cookie. Pretty almond is joy. Like that much better. Uh, Almond joy, Chris. It's delicious. There's five people in this world that like almond joy as much as two two you. How can you not like podcast. an almond
1: joy, but you like a Samoa? <laughs> It's the yeah, same it's fact. thing almost no no caramel and it's, yeah Caramel okay. caramel's the, the deciding factor for you
2: well when it's called a caramel yes. delight chris it sure is
1: it, but it's about <laughs> coconut andrew i don't care what it's called that cookie I mean, is for people who like
2: coconut to you it's about coconut maybe to me it's about caramel maybe to john it's about the chocolate that's maybe why you t-
1: shouldn't even you shouldn't even have it because you the don't Samoa appreciate it for what it is is I'll all
2: things you. to everyone
3: <laughs>
2: snake oil salesman but i will say chris thin mints are the Highest selling flavor of Girl Scout cookies nationally.
1: Honestly, so you, it's not my second favorite, but I knew I'm just playing a win here.
2: John. Yeah, so what
0: do I do here? There's the. Have you guys tried the new Girl Scout cookie, the Adventureful?
1: No. I've, it's got like raspberry or something in it, doesn't
0: it? No, no, no. No, the Adventureful is like a chocolate cookie with a little like caramel disc in it, which is okay. It's a little sweet tooth. I'm going to go, because I'm going to lose this regardless, I'm going to go the trefoil, or just the normal shortbread, plain, (laughs) small cookie. Eat it. It's good when it's good. It's good when it's bad. It's a cookie. I'm losing anyways. I'm taking the L. I've never even had one. Why would you pay for that? Because it's good. You should have a
1: tag along. You fucked that up.
2: Yeah. Ta- why? I'm gonna lose anyways. You should have so gone. We'll go to could the be. Yeah, you got to go <laughs> peanut butter to try to play into the peanut yeah. butter freaks. Peanut
1: butter a tag- I like tagalongs better than thin mints. I and just... I hate,
2: I hate to tell you, John, but tagalongs are the number three highest selling cookie after Samoa. So you should have gone well, with that. Here's what played into my gotta mind. Be the last. Andrew. What the hell
0: scared the me off of the tagalong because he said if your candy version beats your cookie, you lose. That's fact. And nothing beats a Reese.
3: Yep.
2: Uh. So you chose are we a calling them blank cookie trefoil or tref- <laughs> trefoil? What are we calling those trefoil? Uh, trefoils, yeah. trefoil number five selling.
1: Yeah, that's not even the I'll best version. I'm looking at that now. Why not just get the cookies that come in the metal tin? Those are a thousand times better. The butter cookies. It's the same thing. What are you talking about? I mean, when there's a, a lot of better school? options
2: like that but one.
1: Trefoils. Sh- oh, bad. it's not even the best version of that kind of cookie.
2: Probably would be my last pick. <laughs> I'm not lying I hate like shortbread cookies can go right to hell you don't like shore-
1: <laughs> the only one that's worse is the toffee-tastic I think
0: <laughs> I love toffee
1: it's gluten free and just has toffee toffee sucks what's Suck that candy bar that has good. toffee in it just score, Heath bar. score bar Heath bar it's like I'm biting glass that. it just shatters in your mouth I
0: love it Oof! give me all that shit all day it's like a crunchy version of a Butterfinger
1: Toffee sucks. That's like the best yeah. candy bar in Britain.
2: John, I think you could have picked any other one on here. And it doesn't Gotten matter. I'm gonna lose. Votes, yeah. I have I'm not gonna win this one. You could have if been I'm competitive
1: going... with Tag yeah. Could have. You might not get No.
0: <laughs> you know who's gonna I bet dad would vote for me. He loves
1: no, that. No, Dad shit. likes peanut butter. Dad loves John. He used to make us give him all our Reese's after Halloween. I think He's gonna choose saying. a butter cookie or whatever
0: that was. Shortbread, some caramelized and thin mints were the one, too. I was in third, so no matter what I picked, I was gonna lose.
2: Well, okay. What I did, well, what I would like to do before you wrap things up, I'd like to challenge one of our foot soldiers, award winning listeners, to uh to call in to the turtle comm. I actually set up a new easy to follow link. Go to tmnt shellcast slash turtlecom. That will bring you right to the page where you can then on your phone record a message. So please do that. Tell us which Girl Scout cookie is the best and we'll play it on air next episode. Beautiful. I love it.
0: This was quite the episode. We're almost done. 245 in. That's a marathon. Yeah, <laughs> so <the> <laughs> any uh any final thoughts as we wrap this up? We only got a couple
2: episodes left. Yeah, it's season good finale. Season 2 coming on close. Next episode I've got a uh, a show and tell in store. Oh, very nice. Oh, no. we do the breaking news. Yeah, That's we'll
1: fun. save that. We'll save that yeah. for next week.
2: We'll, we'll break some news next week for sure. And some yeah. show and tell. Uh, overall, though, I just can't wait to get to season three. I'm done with season two. I'm just over it. <laughs> too much. You have too little. Yeah. You have the curse of knowing what comes ahead.
0: Chris and I just live carpet. Yeah. Living in the moment.
1: Yeah. It feels like they're, they're just floundering. There's like no bill. Like I was expecting a build up to the finale. This is just like fucking potpourri every week.
2: I think I love, we just. This episode we, was great. I love this episode. We just have two left. We've got the yeah. Catwoman from Channel Six and uh Return of the Technodrome. I believe.
1: That one. The name yeah. Return of the Technodrome sounds good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm a little disappointed that one of one of you will do the season finale, but I'll get the season three premiere, which is exciting.
1: I think I did. I think I injure you get next episode, right?
2: I just did the last one so I think no Chris he, starting me Chris, again.
1: Yep. Jesus goes far. Chris
2: yeah and then it will be me to to <laughs> just wrap up. hosted. Yeah.
1: All right catwoman here we come.
0: All right. Awesome. All right well for everyone who's made it this far appreciate it. And we will see you and talk to you next week.
2: cowbunga
1: See you. Bye.